Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys for being back with us here for episode 248. It is Monday, November the 22nd, 2021, and we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. As always, I'm Joe Morata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy, diddy. Almost Thanksgiving, Michael. Almost. Uh, the turkey's coming. Almost the turkey. The peanut butter pie and all that stuff. Gobble, gobble. Yep. And uh, folks, thank you for gobbling up some of the retro wrestling goodness here as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling. We have some great topics in store for you. But before we get to any of that, we want to remind you of a couple of administrative tasks when housekeeping. Yeah, the housekeeping. I mean, you you get people are coming over soon. That's true. You got to c- clean that house. Good point. Uh, so with that said, you can follow us on Twitter if you don't at OVP Podcast. That's a great place if you want to just watch GIFs of wrestling yeah, every day. It's the GIF magnets. GIF magnets, yes. Yeah, that's what, that's what they say. Uh-huh. It used to be clips. Now it's GIFs. We're doing the best we can. Follow us on Twitter at yeah. OVP Podcast. It's a good, good site. It's uh, a good Twitter.com. Yeah, you it's heard of it? Slash OVP Podcast. They have Is an it? app. Yeah, they have an app. You can yeah. use it. So when you try it out, at OVP Podcast on Twitter, you can also email us if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is OVPPodcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to actually talk and communicate with you and me and well over a thousand other retro wrestling fanatics, where can they go? Over at Facebook.com slash talk. Yes. It's a talking site. No, not it. at all because you're using text. Text but, talk. Uh, text talk. But anyway, over at texttalk.web over there. <laughs> There's a search bar to find us. You got to find us first. It's like the telephone book. It's a whole thing. Right. You type in the search bar, our vantage point, dad, yeah, wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui, hit the join button. You're in. And then all you're agreeing to is one rule. One rule only to join this group. Don't be what? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. What that means, folks, is we know that you like to talk about wrestling. People do that on the internet. Sometimes people get, you believe this, they get mad about it with it's each other. It's unbelievable, really. <laughs> It makes you mad or something. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really for me, but people's opinions get other people stirred up about the retro wrestling. You know, Kamala, Rick Martel, people like that, Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> it's a really important thing, and we're here. To, <laughs> and we're here to tell you: have your opinions, discuss your opinions, have fun talking about the old wrestling. The one rule is: don't be an asshole. Don't be mean to each other. No personal attacks. You want to disagree? Disagree until the cows come home. Even once they're home, you can keep disagreeing. Or the turkey, I guess. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Anyway. If you want to have fun talking about old wrestling, go to our Facebook group, join it, and don't be a dunderhead. It really is fun. And one last piece of business here. If you like OVP and you want more of what we do, we have a Patreon. It's available at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. And a very small donation is going to get you our two extra shows that we do every week. The 1984 canon. We're getting closer and closer to the Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper scenario. Things are going on it's over there. Over it's, there. it's a big time deal. It is in 84, so you can check that out. And the monthly pay-per-view reviews are available out right now still. WrestleMania 10 is the latest coming up very soon. King of the Ring 1994. Oh, that should be great. That'll be a lot of fun. The weight pay-per-view. The weight pay-per-view. If you don't know what we're talking about, listen next month. You don't have to wait much longer. Yeah. So if you want to get caught up on all that stuff, go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's if you want to support us, if you want to donate. 
But Michael, as the season winds down now, right? as we get ready for our turkey, we've been doing an opening segment all season long where we've been talking about generally wrestlers, but there was something else thrown in there, the TV title. Things that were successful, right? Notable, right? People really liked. They did. In other territories, you know, the South, Memphis, AWO, wherever it might be, right? But for whatever reason, in the World Wrestling Federation, these people did not catch on the way one might have hoped. This is a segment, folks, called Anywhere But New York. I'm in a New York state of mind. Oh, man, sad. Yeah, it was stinky. <laughs> didn't, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. So we talked about a lot of different things all season. We're getting close to the end here. We've been taking a lot of fan requests, so thank you guys for that. And this one, Quinn, was suggested by three people. What? So you know there's high demand for it. People really <laughs> thought this sucked, huh? <laughs> That's right. We're talking about Don Depinay again, or Depinant. Yeah. We don't it's, know. It's, we'll never know. Don't tell us, Don. Andrew LaSalle. It ran great. Yep. And Mike Miller. Mike who, Miller. Not okay. Mike Mills. Mike See, Miller. See, I feel like LaSalle and Depinette, they both- They're regulars. They're regular requesters over here. But Mike Miller. Mike Miller. Wow. Right. Okay. Making an appearance here. Double M himself. Yeah, double M. That's what he's called <laughs> all the time. Yeah, always. So they wanted us to talk about, Quinn, Lex Luger. I'm one of the biggest legends stars ever in this. God! Now, obviously, Lex Luger, folks, is the, the main nemesis of Superman, right? Stop. Anyway, sorry, uh, comic jokes aside here. Yeah. Lex Luger, folks, was very successful in other promotions, mm-hmm. was very successful primarily in the NWA, you know, JCP and WCW. So what I figured, Quinn, is rather than run through his whole career, let's bookend it with where he was successful and then jump into the WWF sure. middle part. Sure. So Lex Luger, folks, as many of you know, debuted in 1985 down in NWA Championship Wrestling from Florida. From parts unknown, weighing in at 280 pounds, this is Lex Luger. And he was discovered, I, be- I believe it was Bob Roop, one of Quinn's personal favorites, of You're course. Roop. You're a big fan of Roop. It's more the name. <laughs> I know. Bob Roop. Bob Roop. And pretty soon after debuting, he defeated Wahoo McDaniel for the NWA Florida version of their Southern title. Heritage. Yeah, one of championship those. Championship thing. I, th- I think the Southern Heavyweight <laughs> Florida edition, right? God, the NWA titles. There's like 7,000 of them. so many. so it's, confusing. It's like WWE now. We've got a new Southern Heavyweight Champion. That's all there is to it. In uh, Lex Luger. Luger, starting around this time, was kind of a sensation. You know, the early part of his career when he was in Florida, 85 to around 87. Bit of a sensation. Not Goldberg-like, but kind of Goldberg-like. You know, this big, impressive-looking guy. You know, play football. Good physique. Good physique. And then he goes over to Jim Crockett Promotions, which is a great career move in 87. Mm Mm-hmm. He's first an associate and then a full member of the Four Horsemen. Right. Then an enemy of the Four Horsemen right. turns face, right? Barry Windham turns on him a little bit I really bit later. always felt in the Jim Crockett's, like, he's a guy that probably owes a lot of his uh, push and existence to Magnum TA getting injured. Like, well, he, he seems it. like he's like, that's what they're going for again, right? This good looking muscle Muscular. man or whatever. You know, Magnum TA, TA was more of a Tom Selleck type, but still. Very similar. Yeah. Even the name. Quite, yeah. You know, Magnum and all that. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. what they were going for. I see. Like Magnum PI, right? <laughs> TA instead. You got Terry Allen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm pissed now. Anyway, Lex Luger uh, was actually a bit of a star already by the late 80s. And the, uh, 
the magazines, you know, promulgated by Bill Apter, I will not call them the Apter Mags. Don't do it. Ah, shit. Don't call them the Apter Mags. They always hailed him like, could he be the next Hogan? I don't know! When will Lex Luger, when this, when that, blah, 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 right? That was always like this promise with Lex Luger. I never thought that. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. But you know what? To his credit and to WCW's credit, he stays with them all the way until early 92. He had won the WCW title in 91, lost it to Sting on his way out at Super Brawl in February of 92, and then was off somewhere else. And that place was the World Bodybuilding Federation, but more on that later. Right. New York. New York. <laughs> the World Bodybuilding Federation. <laughs> he comes back to WCW. We're bookending in here, right? In September of 95. Yeah. And almost picks up where he left off, except now he's got a new rival, Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. So and he's Jimmy Hart and Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. And, and he's like, Hi, I'm still your friend, Stang, but yeah. like he's... Not really. I love him in, in WCW in the 90s. He's so good. He's great in WCW in the 90s. And then he goes in to have a fantastic 1996, turns full-fledged face, right? And then an even better 97, wins the WCW title from Hogan for five days, unfortunately. Yeah. But what a moment. He's got him in the And then after that, I feel like Wraps he kind of tapers off and... Miss Elizabeth and all this. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's like when his career is really like, what the fuck is Lex Luger anymore? He wears pants a lot and stuff. Doesn't he feel with Sean Stasiak and people it's like, like that? It's always like never a big deal ever right. again. He's just kind of like, hey, we know him and he's fighting this guy. Right. It's like, okay. <laughs> and he is there until the very end yeah. you know, of WCW. And that's, but he tapers off after like 98 ish. Yeah. They stop care. Like he's, they, they stop he's acting older. like he's like a star yeah. anymore. But the bottom line with Lex Luger in these two different, you know, NWA and WCW runs in the 80s and then the mid 90s is he was successful. He won the U.S. title several times. He won the TV title several times. He won the tag title. He won the world title twice, yeah, right? He beat Hogan. He did beat Hogan. Clean. Yeah. But in WWF, he won no title. In fact, the best title he won in WWF was most patriotic on the worst version of the Slammies on <laughs> WWF Mania mm-hmm. with, with Todd and Stephanie. Today, the Slammy signifies <laughs> milestones. Those who have achieved greatness. Those who have conquered adversity. And we took the opinions of... Us? Yeah, so we'd pick them. Yeah, anyway, okay. this is exciting. Let's, Let's give you some this. of the categories cool. here. We this got all the exciting. envelopes. All yeah. right. So, was Stephanie presenting that year, too? With oh, yeah. Oh, she was okay. brand new. She oh, was like man. spunky Steph. Still? That's still like I love. I like, I, I like that pairing because, like I said, female Todd. It's it's it it softens the Todd blow. It does. Like you know what I mean. And Todd's blow does need to be softened on yeah. many of, of all yeah. shows. So Lex Luger in the WWF. What the fuck happened? Because you got pretty much maybe not an all time superstar, right? But if his success in the NWA and WCW on the later end is any indication, this is a marketable guy. This is a pushable guy. This like, seems like it should be a big deal, right? Right. But we start him in the World Bodybuilding Federation, and from what I understand... See, now, I don't consider this a mistake. No, it's not. Like, it's I, not. I consider this awesome, because he joins the World Body Federation or whatever, and um, <laughs> and um, immediately he's, like, on their, like, that weird show. Body stars. Body stars, and with Vince and Cameo, it's and good. he's acting like a total piece of shit. Total like, piece, yeah. yeah he's, the total package. He's so annoying, <laughs> and you're like, this is a good heel. Hey! As long as we're mentioning world class, I'm Lex Luger. Yeah, and he's very smarmy, but like also doofy and kind of gets embarrassed on yeah. all those episodes. I mean, you know even what I mean? his first appearance, like, see you June 13th, Bobby with the milk and all that. It's like, it, it's like, he's just, he's, 
the total heel. Yeah. And I love it. It's, it's fantastic work. He was supposed to be a guest poser. Yeah. <laughs> what an honor, by the way. At the second and final WPF championship, June 13th, yeah. 1992. They that- eventually cancel that. No, they had it, but okay. Luger was in his motorcycle accident only days before oh. that. All right. So Luger then comes back after Bobby is, you know, promising Narcissus yeah. over and over again. Yeah, the Rumble. Narcissus. That's right. All you ham and eggers at the Royal Rumble, the drape will drop. And so will the mouths of every man, woman, and child. An annoying girl a monsoon at every possible chance. This shit sucks, brain! <laughs> like, he's like, so annoyed with him. I think Gorilla's like at the end of his rope with Bobby in like January of 93. It's like, he's true. like really like tired of him. Please shut up already. Yeah. What about the unveiling Whoa. of Narcissus? Who cares? And anyway, we unveil the Narcissus, the man that's beyond perfection. Right. It's Lex Luger, and he poses. Mm hmm. And then he becomes a wrestler, finally, right? right. Mr. Luger. Mr. Luger. Mr. Luger. So Luger, though, as Narcissist, is a very competent, fine heel. Would you agree? Right. Nothing wrong with him as that character. I don't have an issue with that right. character the at posing, all. Yeah. The mirrors. The entrance at WrestleMania 9 is really cool. It even gets to a point where at the, the King of the Ring 93, he fights and like he's starting to get like over. It's yes. like weird. It's like all natural, too. They didn't even like try. Right. He just kind of had a coolness factor as the narcissist. Like he yeah. was a prick. Yeah. You know, knocking out, I remember the brunch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the brunch. But people are like, this is interesting. Right. right? I, I couldn't believe that pop at King of the Ring. Like with it, him against Tatanka, right? Yeah. It was like, people were like, we like Narcissus. <laughs> like, it's like, what? I you know, do? That's weird. I thought I was the only one who liked Narcissus. Right. That's cut short though, because his last notable appearance as the Narcissus is King of the Ring 93, June 13th, 93. Ironically, June 13th again. He's the June 13th man. That's when things happen with narcissists. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, Yokozuna, who had won the title from uh, Hulk Hogan, which was great. Mark Mm -hmm. Rourke. Fuji's like, ah, my Yokozuna's so fat, no one pick him up. (laughs) This is real. Something to really be proud of. I don't know why, but he's so fucking fat. (laughs) Big surprise. So on the deck of the USS Intrepid, when it's like 159 degrees out, right, Mm -hmm. on July 4th, 93. Good time to be on a boat. (laughs) Bob Backlund tries. A bunch of guys try, right? Bob of course, Bob Backlund does. Well, he I likes- work out a lot. Like, yeah. he miss- <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like a very obvious pick for that. Your friend, uh, Bill Fralick. Yeah, your Bill favorite. Falco <laughs> yep. or whatever. Every professional football player's dream is to play in and win the Super Bowl. Now, this Sunday, every professional athlete's dream is to slam 550-pound Yokozuna on his back. And I think I'm going to be the one to do it. Savage can't do it. Tatanka can't. Tatanka tries to like fight him. Honestly, like Tatanka idiot. and Savage are dumb choices because they're not like guys that like are are like my I'm strong or whatever. Right. It's like true. Bob Backlund makes more sense than them. Yeah, tendon strength. Yeah. Uh, Crush almost gets it up, but doesn't. And he's like, I hurt my back on the body slam thing, bro. You know, if British Bulldog was there, he would have tried and failed. But, you know, British or whatever, it doesn't work because it's it's the 4th of July. Not a good day for them. Yeah. It's like he would have almost gotten it and then like fallen over. It's like, well, it's not his day, you know, 4th of July and all. (laughs) I'm fucked. Yeah. So Lex Luger comes in uh, via helicopter. Pushes Bobby out of the way. Mm -hmm. Takes his shirt off, which is very important. Yeah. Now he's not narcissist anymore. That's that's the official yeah. unveiling of Made in the USA. Right. Slams him. Now he wants a title shot because of that. 
Right. We know the Lex Express. I don't want to no. go into detail, but I never ahead. understood in the story the whole resistance <laughs> to like why does he people get title shots around here all the time? Like why is this such like a big fucking deal? Right. <laughs> he never deserved one ever. Like he it's like, like he beats everyone on superstars just like everyone else. I don't know. He barely under, loses. Yeah. It's like well, what makes him lesser? That's like when point. they get like hacksaw Duggan title shots all the time. <laughs> like right. you know what I mean? And Tatanka and yeah. shit. You're right. You're right. So the grassroots campaign, blah blah blah. And here's where it started, Quinn. This hokey character now of the Made in the USA Lex Luger, very stock, very 1986 Reagan era character here. Everybody wants to know what's wrong with America. There's nothing wrong with America. It doesn't fit the 90s, right? It doesn't really. He's coming out to um, Stars and Stripes Forever. It might as well have been Yankee Doodle. This music really hurt. I know. Like, it hurts a lot because, as we discussed on the WrestleMania 10 review, they change it finally. At 10. By, by, at 10, immediately. Ah! Yeah. Like, everyone's <laughs> like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> that, like, that, the way it starts, like, like, everyone, like, just, it clicks with everyone immediately. Right? Yeah. Good song. So, just to recap, I don't want to go into detail about that run, but. The fan support is probably at its highest at SummerSlam 93. Mm-hmm. He loses by count, or wins by count out. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this shit? Right. And it's a slow decline. And then finally, when we get back to WrestleMania 10, I think the music is a big part of it. It's the only thing that saves him at WrestleMania 10. Because people are like, all right, if he wins, fine. I mean, Brett's still going to fight whoever it is, right? right? So, okay, if he wins, good, right? They definitely position that on purpose. Yeah. So people wouldn't, like, people would want to root for Lex in the first match. Correct. You yeah. Because if it was Brett and Yoko, for, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, obviously he doesn't win because he puts his hands on Mr. Perfect, the official. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of his WWF run is a piece of crap. He gets turned on by Tatanka, has a very long horrible feud with him in the million dollar corporation then ends it on a good note in my mm-hmm. opinion i like the allied powers yeah i do too the the combined music yep with the british bulldog all that even better yeah but i mean yeah the but he thing, did nothing in wwf the problem man. the problem in 1994 is that tatanka feud that was the final nail in the coffin to i think me. you're right so, like it was so bad so overall though with luger quinn mm-hmm. he never won a title there no he didn't even win the royal rumble by himself there like, to be fair to him as a character, I know they made a big deal that he was trying to win a title, but at least he always felt like a star, so I never felt like it was required. It, no, not you know that what it I was mean? required, Yeah, sure. well, he wasn't that kind of wrestler who needed a championship. You know what my thing about Luger is, and I've probably said this before, when he's a face, mm-hmm. he's great in the ring as a sympathetic face, Yeah, but he's a much better talker, in my opinion, Anyway, as a heel. Yeah. And when he got shifted like dramatically into this Made in the USA character, he had no personality. Yeah. It's just like, I love my country. Which is weird, though, because like when he was like U.S. champion right. in the late 80s or something, he was like, I, this, I'm for the people and the United know. States is good. I and, know. And it's like, you know, it's a weird thing. They, these are like weird basic things with Luger for like the music and stuff like that. Here's another one. In WWF, there's no United States title. That's true. Right? Like, I know that's <laughs> stupid. But it would have helped. But, like, for a guy that's wearing an American flag diaper all day, like, <laughs> like it would have helped if they had a belt that had an American flag on it and he's wearing it all over, over the country and this stuff. Is true, like, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I know, like, WCW is like, everyone's like, it's not the Intercontinental title, so it's not as good or whatever. But, like, it does help when there's a belt with a flag on it. Like, I'm <laughs> just, the, I'm just saying. That's the line of the show. Yeah. I got to ask you a question, though, Quinn. 
did the USA gimmick itself and the tights and all that hurt him? Don't you think? Wouldn't that have worked in maybe well, the mid '80s more than it did in '93? I don't. Th- I thought he like looked good. The ca- like the the look of the character. I I didn't have a problem with that. Right. I just had a problem with the fact that like the bus tour thing. Yeah. Like I don't think that was effective. I don't think it was either. I think it was very artificial fan support. You know? I think beating reputable opponents in the World Federation is better. Like and just have did. him. Have him be on this quest to get a title shot, right? So he like takes on the top heels like Bam Bam Bigelow and all this horse shit. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe have like a, a match with Brett one more time where he just ekes out the win. Like if you're really sure. pushing him, right? It's right. like is like that's what I'm saying. It's like he, he needs to beat the the best people that they got. But instead he didn't wrestle at all yeah. during that period of time. He wrestled the pay-per-views, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But he didn't like the whole bus. Yeah. He didn't wrestle. He was just on a fucking bus. Right. So there's no one to like watch him wrestle and be like, "Hey, you're good." Yeah, because you know? that would have actually been cool. Because around go around the country, he and every single bus tour stops at like a place. Maybe they air it on Superstars or whatever, and like, and then he beat Bam Bam, and then he beat Tatanka, and then he beat this guy, right. and then he beat that guy. Yeah, and, no, I know. You know what I mean? Like, it, maybe they put it on the map. Is part of it on Lexa for maybe not seeming that motivated after SummerSlam? Because he doesn't. If we we looked back on this, he well, really doesn't. I will say the one thing that I noticed is he did seem still motivated at Survivor Series. That True. whole interview at the end, it True. felt like he was like gung ho into the like push. Like that's when I still I was like after I saw that interview, I'm like okay, Lex is still like going for this. It was just by the time we got to the Royal Rumble and stuff, I don't know, like everything kind of faded out. Do it you, just didn't work. Do you think if he had won the title against Yokozuna that it would have been fine? Yes. It if, fine, if they right? just had him win the belt at SummerSlam, it would have been okay. It would have been a good thing, and then maybe he drops it at WrestleMania to someone or before yeah. WrestleMania, and then Brett wins it. Whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that part of it is maybe he just isn't that top guy in any company. He was never I, the main guy of WCW either. He's not a long term main guy. Right. I wouldn't say he's not a main guy. He's like a main guy, but he's a guy that he's a guy you give the belt to for a couple of months. Yeah. And then like, like he can be the world champion. Right, it's right. not that he can't be the world champion. Right. He's the guy that holds it for a bit. And then maybe he turns heel cause he's arrogant or yeah. something, you know, like that kind of thing. I, I, I love that. Cause I think you're right about that. So overall I would boil it down to WWF with the, the bizarre decision. I get that they decided not to, and they wanted to hold off and have him win it after SummerSlam. But that, then they didn't. That killed the momentum. They killed it. They, that's ultimately like what went wrong in New York. They stayed past their welcome with it, yep. right? It was like in at SummerSlam 93, people were ready. They, were, they, they didn't need any more like... They thought, I think, that people would be so pissed that he didn't win that they'd be ready for him to win it again. And that just that took all the... Yep. Nobody cared anymore after that. They were like, oh, he went, okay. It truly was a closed party yep. at that point. But thank you guys for suggesting that one. And obviously, we have two more of these coming up. So keep your suggestions going. We got two more episodes of Anywhere But New York. But Quinn, when we come back, we are firing away with week number four of the Royal Flush. That's right, folks. It is the worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. And that's going to be coming up right after this. Surprise, Mr. Perfect. I've made the challenge. But what opportunity knocks for me, the narcissist Lex Luger, I get the chance to wrestle both you and Brett the Hitman Hart at the same time. And I just love, next to myself, nothing more than establishing my dominance and superiority 
over you, Mr. Perfect. Yo, perfecto. Hit me. You want to fight? You got it. Lex Luger and Razor Ramon, we're going to take you out. We all say how busy we are. There aren't enough hours in a day. We just need a break from the constant madness that plagues our lives. I've got great news for you. This is Micro Break, a podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish, where I share my thoughts, wisdom, and humor on a wide range of topics, including the 80s, 90s, current affairs, and more. Do you deserve a break today? Of course you do. Take a micro break from the madness with me. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here for episode 248. It is Monday, November the 22nd, 2021. Gobble, gobble, Michael. Gobbly, gobble. Yep. And uh, folks, guess what? You want to gobble up some of the Patreon content? You can do that. Again, this is not a get-rich-quick type of thing. No. Uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, we're just thankful that you're even listening to this show. Yeah. The free show, really. It's a good time. It Thanks really for is. joining us. Honestly. But if you do want more of our stuff and you want to support us, again, it's a really small donation. It's 2 bucks or 5 bucks a month. The $2 tier is going to get you the 1984 Canon, like we mentioned. That's got every episode of WWF Championship Wrestling live reviewed by me and Quinn all the way back to January of 82. Right now, we are in May of 1984. Wow, crazy. And this show, Quinn, you and I always say it's uh, it's one hour. It's us watching it. You get to hear the audio, or if you want to watch the video version, you get to see it. But it's like watching wrestling with your friends. Yeah, it's just like hanging out for like an hour every Friday seeing what's going on in the world of 1984 yep. canon. Sometimes we talk about other things, but if something important is happening, yeah. obviously we talk about Very it. Very free form, yep. as they say in the free business. Free form. Yeah. And someone asked me the other day, does this work well as an audio-only show? And I said, yeah, it does, because you still hear the audio of what we're watching. Right. It's we, not we silence. Keep it, we keep it all in. Yeah. So if you want to check it out, it's video or audio, $2 a month, and you get a show every Friday to start your weekend off. And then on the $5 tier, you're going to get the 1984 canon and you also get our pay-per-view reviews that we mentioned. Everything back to the first WrestleMania, out right now, WrestleMania 10. Wow. These are like three and a half hours usually. These are a big time deal. Yeah. And they're meant to kind of last you the entire month. Yeah. We give you a lot because we know you only get one a month, obviously. Yeah. And it's there for you. Every WWF pay-per-view review, they're going to come out once a month and next month. King of the Ring 94. That'll be a lot of oh fun. Boy. It really will be fun. Uh, so anyway, that's if you want to support us. We understand if you don't want to. Uh, if you can't, but you want to, let me know. We can work something out. But again, patreon.com slash OVP podcast if you want to donate and you want the extra stuff. All right, Mikey. It's time, baby. Yep, folks. This is the Royal Flush. This is week number four. Now, that means there's only one more after this. Wow. This is where... Not only is it nitty and gritty, it's hot and heavy, it's hairy, right. dicey. There's dice. <laughs> it's just dice, all right. So very dice. Yeah. So, folks, what is the Royal Rankings and Royal Flush? Well, each season, before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And by the way, go vote on our Facebook group for next season, okay? Go do that. This season, it was WWF pay-per-view. So, mm-hmm. we take all of your votes, we put them in two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. Each week, we pull out two names at a time, and we rank them. That way, by the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive certified organic, baptized non-GMO, USDA certified organic, and healthy. All those things. All of it. Best and worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. So, Quinn, this is a flush week. This is the worst. Mm -hmm. Let's run down the six names on the board right now. At number one, (laughs) K-1. 
King of the Ring 95. Wow. Yeah. Not Piece good. Piece of crap. Piece of crap. Number two, also representing 1995, is yeah. In Your House 4 from October. <laughs> Shitty. Horrible. Number three, sadly, WrestleMania 9. It's up there. I like which it. Is, which is, you know, impressive for it's- a pay-per-view that people try to uh, rewrite history of how I good it is. like it. Uh, number four, Survivor Series 93. That thing sucked. It's not very good, is it? We watched Luger. it recently. I didn't I didn't love it. Not that good. Number five, this shouldn't be on here. No holds barred the match of the movie. Yeah, I it, mean, it is what it is. It's so, not good, but yeah. it's not like offensive. Well, maybe it is offensive. Yeah. And number six, In Your House, Beware of Both Dogs. Yeah. One and two. Honestly, it's only this high because admirable effort, like that the power went out and they, they tried. Yeah. Um, we're keeping it at the bottom for now. Yeah, that, they tried. I think that's fair. Like if they, if they just like threw up their hands and just <laughs> didn't even give you the rest of it, I'd be like, that is the, that right. might be number one. They'd be WCW. Like, yeah. Uh, but you know what? Honestly, though, the card wasn't good either. Let's no. be fair. It's not it didn't that have much. Good. It wasn't. I don't even think it was meant to be good. It was just something that's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a may in your house, of yeah. course. Uh, so with that said, folks, those are the f- six names on the board. Quinn, just so people are clear on the criteria here, a good pay-per-view is something people really look forward to. Mm-hmm. You feel like you got your money's worth. Right. It's got maybe a main event or several matches that you really want to see. Mm-hmm. And those matches deliver. Right. It's memorable for good reasons. It's hot. It's good action. It's engaging. The crowd's into it. You're into it. You'll love it. And a bad pay-per-view is what? The opposite of all those things. Correct. That's the easy explanation. Everything we just said, none of those. It's none of that. The main yeah. event sucks. Yeah. The card sucks. People aren't into it. Mm-hmm. It's not memorable, or if it is, it's for bad reasons. Right. And folks, we rank these scientifically, obviously. We're in our lab lab here. Mm-hmm. This is We have goggles. We got all that stuff. Microscopes. Yeah. We're looking close. We're looking very close. And guess what? It's now time to go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal! The loser of this match kissing the other one's foot? Nassau Coliseum, April 86. Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois, it's the WWF Wrestling Classic. Welcome to WrestleMania 4! Sunday, April 4th, from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And now, WrestleMania 11. It's the Royal Flush. Yes, it is. Week number four, Michael. It's it's hideous. I couldn't even talk right. It's so bad. (laughs) So, folks, we have run down... Hey, can we... Yeah, okay. We have run down the names on the board, and they're not good. But, I mean... No, they're they're pretty horrible. Pretty horrible. I I would give a pass to a couple of these, but you guys voted. For the Mm -hmm. record, if you're new around here, we don't vote. Right. Just rank. Mm-hmm. We are not responsible for what gets voted in. Don't don't come to us complaining <laughs> right. about that part. So if you want your voice to count, you want your vote heard, go to our Facebook group for next season. And that way you can say, well, I voted. Right. So I had a say in this. Anyway, we've got the six names on the board, Quinn. we got two coming out this week. I am ready if you are. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go down to the fans and I'll find out who drew number seven. From the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois, it's the WWF Wrestling Classic. Oh, boy. The Wrestling Classic. The Wrestling Classic. Woo! What a classic. (laughs) Wow. As I said during the review after every match, what a classic. 
Now, I don't hate this show, do you? Yeah. I don't like it. I don't, I, like, I don't it. like watch it uh, for any <laughs> any reason ever. Like, that's, that's fair. I think that that automatically qualifies it. That's a it's, fair there's point. There's like one thousand matches on this, and they're all bad. There's fifteen matches yeah. on this show, and yeah, they're not very good, and they're all short. Five away from twenty matches, Joe. That's that's, that, that's a lot. Cl- that, that it's just like another episode of ch- Championship or something, and this would have been twenty matches. Oh, that's crazy, man! And yeah. I think the longest match is like nine minutes. You know, <sighs> it's it it. Literally, just like a bunch of championship wrestling matches. Yeah, it's like, like a TV taping. Yeah, on pay per view. Yeah. So, what is a wrestling classic? If you've never heard of it, never seen it, or maybe it's been a while, it was actually the WWF's second pay per view. And before people say WrestleMania wasn't on pay per view, it technically was yeah. WrestleMania One was somewhere it was on pay per view, but not as widespread as it yeah. would become. It was mainly closed circuit. But the wrestling classic was on pay per view November seventh, nineteen eighty five. So we're towards the tail end of eighty five here at the Rosemont. Yep. Great venue for wrestling. Not to look at on TV. Let me put it that way. I mean, the Rosemont's okay to be in, but it's also... Does it smell? It probably does, right? It's off the beaten path. Let's yeah, put it true. that way. That's, that's the issue with it. Right. But it's a good wrestling venue, I'm going to be honest. Yep. I really do like it for wrestling. And this is, by the way, this was under, like, the WrestleVision banner. Yeah, which <laughs> I still don't even really understand what the fuck WrestleVision was supposed to be. The World Wrestling Federation presents WrestleVision. I think that's how they were going to brand their events or their, their pay-per-views tapes or something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was they're really big on the wrestle vision. Yeah. On that. They're like, this is wrestle vision. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is wrestle vision? Like, I don't even know what that is. They, gave they never mention it ever, ever again, again after this. They gave up on that very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the main draw here, there's two things going on. One is there's a tournament. Okay. And the winner of this big ass tournament, is going to win a Rolls Royce. Yeah, Rolls Royce Phantom Claremont something or other. Or is it the the fan wins? The fan there's a, there's a giveaway, the, but okay. like yeah. The, so what does the wrestler win? The Nothing? wrestler wins like money? money or some shit. It cool. doesn't. It really, Joe. It doesn't matter because <laughs> none of that is real. You're right. And oh, the tournament is fucking horrible. Okay, fair I, enough. <laughs> so there's a, <laughs> some big ass tournament going yeah. on here. And uh, we're just about ready now to give away the Silver Cloud Three Rolls Royce. And then the other match, the one non-tournament match here, and this is actually on paper, makes total sense for the time period. Mm-hmm. WWF champion Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. defending against his big ass rival, Rowdy Roddy Piper, one on one on pay-per-view. For the championship. But <laughs> yes. again, this this is this is like one of the first pay-per-views, right? It's the second or whatever. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean much on pay-per-view back then. Like, meaning that people had seen this around the country a lot. They were still doing the more house show kind of deal. Oh, yeah, definitely in 85. So, but on paper, it sounds good, right? Yeah. So, we're we're here in the Rosemont, and Quinn and I reviewed this. And you know what? Gorilla and Jess do this show, which is at least a comfort. Yeah. But, Quinn, before we get into the matches, let's just clarify some of the aesthetics here and some of uh, what, (sighs) what, what we're looking at and dealing with when you watch this show. Red carpet. It looks like lit poorly. Not lit well. Uh, Ebersol's influence had not taken too much hold yet. It really doesn't look like a pay-per-view. No, it looks like a televised house show, kind of. Yeah, it looks like a house show, and it just looks like something they threw together, and there's a lot of audio issues, and it's just bad. The ring is very noisy, which you made a point about. Sounds like a box of screws. 
Now, would you say that it has charm, though, or no? No. I would say it doesn't have charm at all. Like I said, I never want to watch this ever again. All right, then. I mean, the only charming thing is, like, when they give away the car and it's, like, such a fucking disaster. Yeah. Like, the fans, like, turn on it or whatever, but we'll get into that later. We can get into it now if you yeah. want to. So, when they finally, it's time to give away the car, Lord Alfred, who yeah. shouldn't be doing this, yeah, Gene should be doing it, right? Right. It's like, oh, here we go! And my, what's the guy's name? Michael Hamley. Michael Hamley! Boo! Yeah. Give them a good Chicago welcome! And then he, he like, chuckles on the mic because he knows they're all going to boo. Yeah. Like, it's like, even the worst part is, like, Lord knows that the crowd is, like, fucking pissed with this show by this point. Because you have to remember, too, this is, like, right before the finals of the tournament. Right. And there's been, like, 700 matches. <laughs> and, like, good, none really. of them are good. And everyone's like, I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> Can we leave, please? Even gorilla's impatient. Yeah. The National Judging Institute, which was responsible for the selection of the winners, um, received a phenomenal number of responses and entries for this sweepstakes. And his name is Michael Hambly! Michael Hambly there! Say again. Everybody wants this to be over. It's like the worst time they could have announced this. It's true. Why do we care about some asshole winning the car? Yeah. You know? But anyway. Did he and he won it, but he had to like sell it or something? I forget what the story is behind this. There's also that lady with Vince the whole time in Lord. Right. The, the lady, and there's like a gimmick that like Lord maybe is like sleeping with her. I don't know. My colleague, indeed, Lord Alfred Hayes, along with Susan Waitkus. Let's get into the event here, Quinn. So we've run down all the particulars. So we open with Adrian Adonis, who is still regular, but very big. Yeah. He's, uh, he's not, in. he's not the, he's not the adorable one just yet. No, but he's getting there. He's also carrying around that briefcase already. The Trudy briefcase. Remember? I don't even remember that. It's fine. That's how un, that's like how forgettable and just unimportant this is. He defeats the greasy asshole Corporal Kirchner. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody I just don't like in general. Slaughter replacement. Yeah. Then in the second one, the dynamite kid in nine seconds defeated Nikolai Volkov. Good. <laughs> So the thing in this tournament you have to know is the Dynamite Kid is kind of like the underdog. Like everyone's kind of rooting for him. Yeah, in singles action. Yeah. You know, and everyone's like, yeah, If okay. I recall, he beats Nikolai Volkov by like jumping off some shit. So immediately everyone's like, oh, okay. So this, this guy has potential. Doesn't he drop kick him while Volkov is singing and Volkov's still holding the mic while yeah. he gets pinned? I think yeah. that's what it it's is, something right? something like that. It's yeah. cute. And there's Volkov, Dynamite up on the top, on a drop kick. Match number three, still in the first round here. Randy Savage, wow, defeats Ivan Putski. This, this in the context now that we know, this is a big deal. Because Putski like, never loses. Putski, like, this is 86. This isn't 87. He's it's still, 85, not even 86. Oh, sorry, it's 85. Yeah, it's like he literally is still a big deal. Yeah. Like, he's still Polish power and all that stuff. And he's still like, like yeah. yeah, just beats the shit out of people, never ever loses. Yep. You know, there's no Duggan yet. He so, is the Duggan. Yeah. And then... In a match that would have been good, it was shaping up to be if they gave it more time, but mm-hmm. it's the wrestling classic. Nothing gets time. Ricky Steamboat uh, took on Davy Boy Smith in a face versus face match. Kind of cool, right. to be honest. Now, this is the ending. It's, it goes about three I don't minutes. I remember how this ends because I'm reading this result and I'm like, did this happen? Yes. So Bulldog crotches himself, and this is planned. It's not yeah. a shoot. And the ref calls the match because Bulldog crotched himself. Right. Hurt That's his balls. Usually never matters in a wrestling match. That reeks of we don't have time for the, well, there's like seven million matches yeah. on us. 
he neutered himself, you mm-hmm. might say. Thank yeah. you. Another drop kick. Look out that. of the way. Boom. Caught himself in the groin area. Junkyard Dog then defeated the Iron Sheik. That's fine. Everyone likes the dog. Still yeah. very over. 85 it's weird, dog. It's weird Iron Sheik losing again. <laughs> again, with the context we have, 85 is not that far removed no. from what we're watching now. And he was just a tag champion this yeah. year, you know? So, Moondog Spot. <laughs> this is the cutest part of the show. Yeah. So Moondog Spot, who is technically a heel, but he's like the lovable heel. Nobody has an issue with him. Right. Like, he, he doesn't hurt He's anyone. on like every house show. Right. He sometimes wins. He sometimes loses. It's very mixed. He's a Moondog good wor- Spot. Like He's mixed, yeah. Yeah. And he's a good worker. Yeah. And Gorilla. Oh, Spotty. Oh, yeah. that's right. So Terry Funk is here, right? And Terry Funk's going to take on Moondog Spot. And Terry Funk tries to do the whole like, why don't you? Why don't we just shake hands and we won't wrestle? Right, you know, that right, type right. of thing. Why don't we both just leave the ring and settle for a draw? And of course, Terry Funk attacks him. Spot falls for it. And they're outside the ring. But Moondog Spot is able to sneak in just in time. And Terry Funk's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happy. 27 seconds. Joe. I know. Not one match has broken four minutes yet. I know. Joe. It's crazy. Yeah. Then Tito Santana takes on the Magnificent Morocco in a decent enough match. Well, for- it's a rematch, obviously, from <laughs> from that from thing February where we didn't even like see yeah. them, them win the title or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and it's really not that bad. And Tito wins. It's fine. That's four minutes. That's four minutes. That's an epic yeah. on this. That's very long. <laughs> and this one's even longer. This is the final first round mm-hmm. match. Yes, this is a long ass tournament, folks. Yep. Paul Orndorff, who, if you are trying to keep track, he's a face by now. Right. He's always switching yeah. back and forth. It's very confusing. I know. He takes on a nemesis of his, Cowboy Bob Orton, wins by DQ. This one's actually pretty long, Quinn. Six and a half Whoa, minutes. Whoa, that's, that's huge. Woo! But it's actually not that bad. Then we get the second round, right? Second round. Second round. So finally, all the junk's gone. Yeah. It's like, what was that? Eight matches? Good <laughs> lord. It's a ton of shit. Eight matches. None of them were very long. No. See, this is, you can't do like a full tournament like this at a paper. You can only do from like the second round on. Like, you, nobody needs to see any of that junk that we just right. saw. Like, that, it's all meaningless crap that should have been done on championship <laughs> wrestling and an all star. Hey, I agree. Stuff like that. <laughs> I agree. So this is a, a decent enough thing here. Dynamite Kid takes on Adrian Adonis, both great workers. I really like mm-hmm. Adrian Adonis, and I really like the kid in the ring. That's a pretty good match right. in all seriousness, and it gets enough time to be good. Then Randy Savage takes on Ricky Steamboat. And this is the match, like, if you're watching from, like, a now Historical. perspective, you're, you're like, oh, this is probably, like, really good, like, right before WrestleMania 3 and yada, right. yada. This is just, like, a regular thing yeah. and it's like four minutes it's it's fine dave yeah. Meltzer, for some fucking reason gave that match four stars get out of here he did i can't believe anybody would give anything on this pay-per-view four stars it's not that good yeah i mean it's savage <laughs> steamboat four it's minutes it's four minutes I, mean, I know it's it's whatever yeah it, it's whatever well, come king of the ring 1994 i have my opinions on a certain match that's like three minutes agreed. or whatever so agreed now, this one here, Junkyard Dog defeats Moondog Spot. The but Battle of the Dogs. This, if I'm not mistaken, well, yeah, Battle of the Dogs, is where there's no referee. Yeah, doesn't, like, Junkyard Dog, like, doesn't he, like, count his own pin? And they're like, that's legal. Girl's like, like, oh, the judge at ringside gave the nod. Yeah, that's always the, that's the gorilla excuse <laughs> when nothing makes sense. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, nod. About? The nod is out there. 
The thing got started before the referee even had time to get in the ring. The dog covers the moon dog. Counts Look one, this. two, three, all by himself. Well, we have a judge at ringside who gave the nod. Yes, the dog counts his own pin, beats the other dog. A lot of dogs in this, the British Bulldogs. 45 seconds on that one, Joe, just saying. Good. <laughs> I don't want it to be any longer. Yeah. And that's the... Oh, no, excuse me. There's one more uh, semifinal here. Yeah, the long one. Paul Orndorff and Tito Santana go to a double countout. Yes. Again, this is the kind of stuff they always do. Yep. This is a WWF staple, by the way, this whole, like, people getting, like, double eliminated thing. There's always one. Every e- tournament. Every single time. On pay-per-view. It's called We Don't Have Enough Time yep. for the Matches. Yep. And usually it benefits a heel. Yeah, what, this is the weird <laughs> one. This is the other, like, this is booked wrong right. thing because, like, Wait a sec. The the face is getting a buy, not yeah. the heel. What Junkyard the, dogs. You're doing it wrong. Did nothing. Just they be- never did that again nope. after this. It's like they they, they knew they fucked up. Yeah, because the junkyard dog just be- counted his own pin. Yeah. In a 45 second match, now he gets a buy to the finals. Like, geez, can we keep giving him more advantages <laughs> what here? The fuck. Anyway, now Hogan and Piper go at it. Uh, in a fine. I mean, again, it's nothing that memorable. It's like one of their house show style matches. Seven minutes. Dave Meltzer gave this match. A star. Four stars. Four? Wait, I don't remember him rating this shit this high. Is this real? We didn't do his ratings back then when okay. we did the comparison. Okay. Yes, he gave this match four, four stars. Is he serious over here? <laughs> this must be because like it was like at the time and there was like no pay-per-views yet. Yeah, I guess. Maybe so. he's just like like, wow, I'm getting fucking matches here. This is amazing. I know. Hey, I we haven't watched it in a while. It was the second pay-per-view we ever reviewed, but I don't remember it being that. You good. know, the one thing I wonder, Joe, is because it was so early, I mean, WrestleVision's a thing and stuff. <laughs> like, do you think people were like they were watching this at the time and they were like, This is like look at all this like, real fights and stuff. Maybe. It's like not actually just jobber matches the whole time. Well, how many real fights are there? Yeah. There's a lot of fights, huh? The yeah. Hulk Hogan is the champ. Exactly, nice. though. So there's eight fights. Maybe uh, maybe Meltzer's just like, I have to forgive him if he's rating it at the time because this probably seems like a super card to him. I guess there's some good matches on this, yes. Uh, maybe, good. Maybe we shouldn't be as harsh. There's a relative term here. <laughs> That's true. Uh, and then uh, Junkyard, excuse me, then Randy Savage takes on in the only semifinal match here, the Dynamite Kid beats I him. like this match. You do? I like. I do too. This was the one match I liked. I liked the rest of this stunk. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it did. It might be better than WrestleMania Four's tournament, though. Uh, <laughs> it's close. No. 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 Okay. I think the Rosemont really I, somehow the Trump dump is a little bit better than the Rosemont dump. Well, I don't know, maybe, but you know, I will say at least there's no 15 minute fucking sleeper hold. You know, <laughs> chinlock draws on this. To me, that gives the illusion that these matches aren't two seconds long. Though, is True. that there's one match that's long. Uh, you, you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, like, it helps everything else. Not bad. Frame it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Savage defeats the Dynamite Kid in a nice little five-minute match. And then we have our final, where the Junkyard Dog defeats Randy Savage by countout. What a glorious victory. <laughs> it's just horrible. Yeah. Holy macro pandemonium broken loose here in the horizon as the Junkyard Dog has won this unbelievable 16-man elimination tournament. What a shitty way to end this tournament. I feel like Junkyard Dog like makes this tournament crappier. He does. Because everything he does is it's always like cheating or like yeah. he just like it gets by. It's, mm-hmm. it's very annoying. I didn't like it. Yeah. So as a show, it's not very good. Uh, Gorilla and Jess, even though they're on commentary, 
The early days of Jesse as an announcer, and strictly, I'm talking like 85 into early 86, basically, before he goes away and films, what did he film in 86, Predator? One of those movies, yeah. yeah. Which he leaves in April, mm-hmm. April 86. Once he comes back from that, then he's a much better announcer. It's like, oh, he had like experience doing yeah. actual professional shit. Like, he's really, he's still good in 85, but he's not as... He doesn't get as aggressive He's with figuring gorilla. it out. Yeah. So it was like, you know, Gino Matsu, the Gino era. He just stopped being a wrestler. Yeah. Like this good. is now his like full time thing. That's, that's a good thing. It's a everyone. great thing for the roster. <laughs> say that. You, know, you know, Gino Matsu, you yeah. know, Ricky Steamboat's going to take on, you know, Davey Boy Smith. That era of Jesse where he's not as boisterous. The one thing about Jesse figuring it out, it's way more entertaining than anybody else figuring it out. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely true. And I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not even too sure about the strength department, Jess. It's close. This, this whole matchup is very even the whole way. Anyway, that's the wrestling classic. If you haven't seen it in a while, don't. Sure is a classic. Yeah, don't watch it. Classic of shit. <laughs> a shitty classic. So with that said, <laughs> why don't we find out who drew number eight? And now... WrestleMania 11, this year starring Baywatch's Pamela Anderson. WrestleMania 11, horrible. Woof. This is my first WrestleMania. I'm sorry, mine too. I don't even know how I'm still doing this show. (laughs) How did wrestling capture me with this, with this garbage? It's actually the first one I saw when it aired also. Yeah. WrestleMania 11, folks, April 2nd, 95, in the beautiful Hartford Civic Center. (laughs) 16,000 fans on it. Does that just reek big time to you? Oh, big time. Big time. 16,000 for WrestleMania. That's crazy. In Hartford. In, in Hart- Hartford. Hartford, Connecticut. Very proudly in Hartford. The buy now, rate, 340,000. That's down from 10. I know that offhand. Yeah, that's uh, got to be. Even with all the publicity. So obviously there's two big draws on this one, and I'm using the word draw in a loose sense. Mm-hmm. It's most well-known or infamous, notorious for Lawrence Taylor, Recently retired football player, taking on Bam Bam Bigelow, who was never a main eventer until this very uh, match. Main here. event of WrestleMania, Bam he Bam did. Bigelow. And they put a lot of promotion behind this, and understandably so. We talked about it when we were talking about WrestleMania main events. We've talked about this a bit. LT was a pretty notable name. When it comes to football, he wasn't Deion Sanders' level of notoriety. He was just like noted legend by yeah. 1995. Yeah, like, he was. Like, people knew who he was, but he wasn't. You know, somebody you saw day to day on the TV. Right. Right. And he also was sometimes notorious for the wrong reasons and some problems that he had. But hey, a name from the NFL. Definitely. You know, so that's the big deal. And the promo is pretty good. I think when we talked about it, we were like, you know, it's just in the wrong year. 95 is just a shitty year for them. It It also should be in the main event. I know. Like in, in in a normal WrestleMania year, this would have been like a special attraction match or some shit well before the main event. I mean, the middle of the card or something. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have closed the show. Yeah. In this case, it did. It did get the most promo. And the other match, obviously, uh, was the world title match, rightfully so. Diesel the champion, which is not... It's already not really working out by WrestleMania. Pretty new, and it's not working out. It's just not. But you know something, guys? I see things a little differently. Maybe I've got a different crystal ball. Maybe I'm just a little bit more clairvoyant than you. Because... Tonight in the Meadowlands, I see not one, but two Jacks. Who cares? 
He's taken on Shawn Michaels, who is finally in earnest beginning the singles main event push. Yeah, and I feel like what this is supposed to be, this is actually, believe it or not, again, second WrestleMania row where they're doing like a long-term storyline blow-off, right? Because the the very long-term Diesel, Shawn yeah. blow-up, you know, from friends to enemies, you know, this whole thing. And they're they're really going, they're like, okay, let's settle it. Finally, like, this is the end of the feud. Yeah. Right? I mean, they've been together since June of 93. On paper, this seems like it should be great, right? Yeah, I agree with you. These it, two have kind of like, we've seen it from beginning to end and like, this is going to be it. And I'll always maintain that the problem here is that the dynamic of the match itself, Sean should be the face. Right. It just works better that way. Because he's a smaller guy. Yeah, and the way he works, and he's intentionally trying to blow Diesel up and shit in the beginning, Mm -hmm. too, which is funny. It's weird because they're, like, good friends in real life. It's almost like they're, enemies. I always thought that this was them kind of, like... He's fucking with Diesel. They're fucking with each other, but they're because they're, like, competitive. And the way they talk about their, their relationship all the time was that, like... This is like why they liked each other, yeah. right? Because they did this kind of shit to each other. And Nash right? is like, Sean's just doing Sean stuff. He's going to fucking blow me up. You know, like Nash doesn't care. He's yeah. like, <laughs> of course he's going to fucking do Almost that. Almost like it's like a pride thing between friends, right? Yes. It's like, it's like, I wouldn't have it any other way if you didn't try to like, yeah, blow, blow me up. And- blow me, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. It's weird. Sean, who I know is going to try to fucking blow me up. I know for a fact he's going to try to blow me up. He's going to try to outperform me because he wants my fucking spot. We're best friends, but I know what his fucking motivations are. But you're a bit, you could lean on him a little oh, bit. Oh, I did. Blow him up. Yeah, okay. I fucking, as soon as I fucking saw him suck that hair down his throat, I fucking hugged boom. <laughs> but anyway, WrestleMania 11, folks, has set the stage for you again. Bad period of time for them. They're on the recovery from the steroid trial, but they've had a lot of bad PR for three years now. Their roster is the roster is really not that good. Yeah. A lot of the big names are gone by this point. And there's something very cheap feeling about WrestleMania 11 to me. It feels like WrestleMania like snuck up on them and they <laughs> had to like quickly like they're like we can get LT somebody probably knows him, yeah. right? You know, like honestly the whole Lawrence Taylor thing, it doesn't feel like a first choice first of all. It Maybe felt not- it felt like who can we get for the Royal Rumble? Like, it's like, we have to figure out something celebrity-wise. Maybe. That's Maybe. what it felt like to me. Yeah, and even the celebrities they have on here, I mean, they have Salt and Pepper, who were pretty notable. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas was notable still. Mm-hmm. Home Improvement was a huge show. Getting people from the ABC canon is not hard, though, to show up at your thing. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Turk. Yeah, I mean, the, the other this, guy. this is like ABC canon, the pay-per-view <laughs> over here. Like, You're right. But we got some MTV canon with Jenny McCarthy, right, who I yeah. loved back then. And Pamela Anderson is, you That's know, a she's, name. she's just general cable canon. Syndication of, canon. Yeah, syndication canon. <laughs> no, but she's a huge name. That, right. that is a big deal. It's weird that, like, Baywatch was considered big enough of a deal in the 90s. One of the most popular shows ever. It's that that always cracks me up only because it's like not it's syndicated. And it like, sucks. It, yeah, <laughs> not a good. But then again, like Star show. Trek: The Next Generation was syndicated. It was a big show in Correct. the nineties, so yeah. I guess that it could work. Xena, no. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we we don't have a lot of great stuff on this show, and thankfully they only give us seven matches, which is nice. Thank you. Yes. So we open it up with the Allied Powers. Speaking of that, right. uh, the Bulldog and Luger. Great music. Great music. Or Lex Luger has fallen. Uh, yeah, main event to opener. Opener. But you know what? This is exactly where he should be by 95 in a tag team. Yeah. Enough with the singles push. They defeat the Blue Brothers, who are pretty much 
new uh, at this point, the new brothers. Yeah. And uh, that's Jacob and Eli Blue, the Harris twins, whatever the fuck you want to call them. When I was a kid, no one gave a fuck about these two. This is correct. They were very superstars, even in a raw world. I can uh, verify this. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Oh, my God. I I, th- I couldn't even believe they, like, looking back, I can't even believe they're on a pay-per-view. Yeah, they definitely They're that are. minor. And they lose. They're like Adam Bomb or something, right? It's like, you know what I mean? Like, then nobody cares. You're right. And uh, I like the powers, though, as a yeah. kid. And looking back, I still like the Allied powers. I really don't I, mind I them. I never had an issue with yeah. this. Like, <laughs> they're fine. Um, the match isn't very good. It's yeah. actually one of the worst WrestleMania openers we've had in a long time, mm-hmm. in all seriousness. Uncle Zeb making it on pay-per-view is great. I like okay. that. I'll give him that. That's obviously Dutch Mantel. Yeah. Second match is good. Problem is the finish. Mm-hmm. So Razor Ramon looking to get his IC title back. He had lost it to Double J. Ugh, Horrible. But heel, you know, so, so it's like... I mean, can I say this? This is the only time I thought Double J was like, okay. He's a honky-tonk man. Yeah, he's the honky-tonk man gimmick. And this is like, to me, it's like really the only success story with, with Double J ever. <laughs> You're trying to say that Double J wasn't successful? One of the few things in the WWF run of his that I like is the IC run because it gives you those honky-tonk man vibes where it's like, this motherfucker keeps getting away with it, right? So Razor, who has the kid with him in pajamas, Mm -hmm. defeats Jeff Jarrett by DQ. It's over! No, 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 no! Oh, no! The running coming in! So that sucks. The roadie interferes. And right. you know what, though? The match is actually pretty friggin' good. I remember this being such a letdown, though, as a kid, because I was like, oh, well, okay, Razor Ramon's going to like gonna get win. His, he's going to get his belt back, yep. and it's going to be a big happy moment at WrestleMania. That's exactly what I thought, yep. too. But no. He wins. He just doesn't get his belt back. And it's like, oh, well, it's like Lex Luger again. Yeah, pretty like, much. Fuck this shit. I know. It pissed me Stop off, too. Stop wasting my time here. <laughs> Speaking of a waste of time, The Undertaker's been feuding with a million dollar corporation. <sighs> Since literally the fake Undertaker. Right. So he's gone through the fake Undertaker. He's gone through IRS. <laughs> you know, you would think by this point, right, is like it's WrestleMania, right? <laughs> the, the opponent is King Kong. But he's like minor. He is. Now like I, like in, in the Million Dollar Corp. He is minor. And I yeah. understand. Look, I know Bundy was a big draw. 85 to 87, we can loosely say in WWF. No one, including myself and probably anyone else, Gave a shit about him in 94, 95. No one thought The Undertaker was going to lose right. to King Kong Bundy. King Kong Bundy never won anything important when he was good. Yeah. He just, he didn't. He was the big fat heel that you build up, but he never right. wins. Now, this also has that ump or whatever is the ref <laughs> <laughs> for some reason. In the WWF's continuing vendetta against Major League Baseball for some reason. It's because that guy said they held the high ground or whatever remember in in like late 94 remember that whole like end of all american episode this is this is that canon it's like leaking over you're right that's exactly what it is isn't it this is the fourth wrestlemania appearance for the undertaker the fourth wrestlemania appearance for king kong bundy but it's the first appearance ever in wrestlemania for that referee larry young ladies and gentlemen so larry young from major league baseball is for whatever reason the referee here. This is this is so not notable that even when I was a kid, I didn't even notice. I just thought he was just some old fat ref. You like can, I, I, they, they might have introduced him. I think right. they did, but I was like, who? Yeah, and then like I just never fucking thought about it again. You had to remind me years later that this happened. 
Like, that's how fucking no, much nobody cared about that. I wonder why they... I'm just wondering why. I'm not saying it was supposed to, like, lead to great things. I'm just wondering why this I'm happened. I'm wondering why they thought anybody that's a kid especially would even notice. Is it like, just... an ump? <laughs> like... Is it just because of the novelty? Like, yeah. oh, look at that. An umpire is a referee. Maybe. Here. Is that it? But I feel like adults notice, like, they kind of notice... When I was a kid and watched baseball, I didn't give two shits about the umps. I was like Derek Jeter and, you know, Bernie Williams and stuff. Like, I had no fucking interest in umps. I like some of the umps. Rocky Rowe? No. Joe, this is the kind of thing that went over my head is umps. I just did not give a shit about umps. Ken Kaiser? Bruce Fremming? Yeah, I could not tell you any of the umps in the 90s. I, maybe I'm the... Not good no. baseball fan or whatever. I'm just odd, Quinn. Yeah. Anyway, this match sucks and Undertaker wins mm-hmm. the choke slam or some crap. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it stinks. It's a piece of the, shit. You know what the best thing about this match is? It's fun to play in that fucking WrestleMania 2K game where they like <laughs> you get to be the Undertaker and fight everyone. Yeah. And, like, this is in it. <laughs> yeah. That 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 actually is secretly like one of my favorite modes in a video game yes. where it's just like do the streak right, thing. Right. And like they for somehow they make King Kong Bunny versus the Undertaker seem important. Yeah, but like, the video game it sucks yeah. so bad <laughs> yeah all right the next thing is the best thing on the show and i will stand by that. i agree with you here this always brought a smile to my face yep so the tag team champions are the smoking guns mm-hmm. a mustache and mullet version still like hi we're cowboys 40 year old version i'm yeah. sure billy gun fact was very excited about this oh, match I'm sure he was and owen hart for weeks now is like i'm gonna have a mystery partner because the anvil got fired again you know right yeah. well so this mystery partner, especially as a newer fan, I was like very like I I had no idea who this could possibly be. I had no Same. fucking clue. Same. Like I was I was really like I was champing at the bit, man. I was I was, like, at, I was in the dark with this, and I think that's what made it so good is yep. because no matter who the fuck it was, it would have seemed like wow, the biggest deal in the yeah, world, yeah. right? And of course. Owen gets on the mic and he's like, this is the guy that beat my brother, Brett. Because remember, fuck Brett. Still. Right. So now you're thinking, okay, what is it? Um, Bob Backlund? Bob Backlund. Or, That's what I yeah. thought. British Bulldog, but yeah. he already wrestled. Mm-hmm. Trying to think to the rare people Brett lost to, right? right? Jerry Lawler, mm-hmm. maybe. It's Yokozuna. Yokozuna! Yeah! Oh my goodness. He's been away for a little bit, right? Since Survivor Series. Since Survivor Series, right? But he's got capital. He's the former world champion, yeah. right? It's like, this isn't just like nobody. He's an attraction. Right. And he's got, the best part is he comes out with Cornette and Mr. Fuji. It's proud. The return of Fuji. The, the return. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> but uh, my big surprise, WrestleMania. <laughs> we got to win more belts. So the guns gonna win more belts. So the guns give this hideous interview right before Owen reveals that it's Yoko, and they're like, "Oh, gee, golly, I don't know. What are we gonna do?" Yeah, you know, we didn't expect uh, Yoko Zuna to be his partner. We thought a lot of we had a lot of different people we thought of, but who else would tag with Owen Hart? Somebody as dirty as nasty as he is. And then they just get their asses kicked. <laughs> and there's like a, when Owen Hart, so Yoko does the bonsai drop. Yeah, people cheer. Owen comes in, pins, I think it's Billy. The best part is Owen, like, does the shitty, like, he barely did anything. Yep. Like, Yokozuna did it. Like, the whole... The heavy the, lifting. The whole, how this team dynamic works is Owen, like, kind of pecks at them the whole match. Yep. Like, and then Yokozuna lands the finishing blow because, like, Owen can't get the job done. Right. Like, that's what they're really trying to convey is, like, the Owen would have no chance if it wasn't for Yokozuna. If he didn't have Yoko, yeah. yeah. Now he comes in one, two... Oh. Oh! 
and the celebration when Owen wins, I'm legit happy for him. And you can right. see that he really is happy. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite things and the best thing on this show. 100%. One of the only good things on the show. Mm-hmm. The next thing I love. All right. Quinn. You are the biggest Bret Hart fan, but this is a piece of shit. Yep. I love Bret. I will defend almost everything he does because it usually is good and it doesn't need to be defended too much. This match, this I quit match that Bret Hart has against Bob Backlund, this is terrible. This really, really is this bad. This to me cements that Bret Hart and Bob Backlund should never have worked with each other. Like, they, they are both, um, they, they just don't. That Summer 94 match they have is good. The one where Backlund turns on him. Yeah, but that's the only time. The first one on TV is is the best one. And then the ones where they're like, oh, now you have a ton of time. It's like, no, I don't want to watch that. You know what makes this match worse, too, Quinn, is Roddy Piper. Yeah. As the ref, because... They're quack! Yeah. What do you say? What do you say? (laughs) What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Figure four. What do you say? It's just horrible. And uh, Brett wins. He reverses the chicken wing. He looks terrible. Backlund doesn't even say, I quit. They build the whole match up to be like, the loser will say, I quit. And then Backlund just yells. And you know this doesn't matter? What? It says, neither have a belt. Yeah, that's true. That, it really hurts it. it. It sucks, man. Bob Backlund, after he loses to Diesel. He's I nothing. I don't give a shit about Bob yeah. Backlund anymore. Remember when he like, he tries to win the IC title from Jeff Jarrett in the Sunday Night Slam right yeah. before this? Remember that? <laughs> the and funny part is Jeff Jarrett's like legit afraid yes. because like Bob Backlund's at least sort of reputable. It's good. Yeah. And like Razor interferes. That's the only reason is Razor interferes to keep his title. I love the way that's portrayed because yep. it's like Bob Backlund is considered so fucking nuts at that point that he they're like, beat him. it's like, it's like, and Jeff Jarrett's such a fucking pussy yep. that it's like, it's like, wow, he's pretty fucked like yeah. this, this like crazy old man is gonna like tear him apart as a kid when yeah. i saw that, it, i was like oh backwards gonna kick his ass yeah because he he's he's nuts man yeah, like brett yeah so um anyway this match sucks i think brett hart has gone on the record is like you know it's my worst match ever on tv I, I, I that's exactly the reaction i would see from brett you know that that i quit match was a piece of shit <laughs> fuck that match yeah anyway we've talked about the diesel sean thing uh, a lot of times so Diesel gets the the girl that Sean was supposed to have. That's Pamela Anderson. This is what makes me think Diesel seems more healy also. Yes. Is this whole like, okay, you have to remember. This is the thing everyone keeps forgetting. Sean literally won a Royal Rumble where the stipulation was, if you win, you get to have Pamela Anderson be like at ringside yes, with you. At in your th- corner. In your corner, right? He wins legit clean. He doesn't cheat or do anything. Right. In fact, he like epically like survives from number one. Yeah, right? It's a like, 30 something minute Royal Rumble. I understand yes. that. But like the way they're building it is I like, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, so he makes it through this whole thing. Right. So at the very bare minimum, he should at least have Pam Anderson. Right. I agree with like, you. Uh, I do. There's, he earned it. <laughs> now, they didn't even shoot an angle or do anything. It's just like Sean comes up with Jenny McCarthy instead. All of a sudden he's with Jenny McCarthy and it's like, but what, why did he win that thing? Right. What, like what? I don't get it. And then Diesel. You feel bad for him like immediately, Sean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because Diesel, a seven foot guy, right. comes out with Pam Anderson. Vince is like, oh, baby, look at that. It's why. But but he's he didn't win like the, did, that. Did Sean super kick her backstage and now she's mad? No, it's just There's she no didn't angle. like him or something. I, but don't, that, I don't like him either. But she signed a contract that said she'd hang <laughs> out or whatever for like 
you know, fucking 20 minutes. She hates it. Like at, at ringside, not even like it. with him. I know. Like <laughs> she's so bored at WrestleMania. The funny part is Jenny McCarthy seemed pretty damn enthused to be with good. Shawn Michaels. Like that, which is the funniest part. Jenny McCarthy's good. She's like all happy to be with him. You know like, she, Cause she's like heel MTV or whatever. You know who she's married to now, right? Who? Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> wow. It's like the WrestleMania crew <laughs> over here. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy. Will you marry me? <laughs> anyway, I've said my problems with this match before. We'll talk about it in depth uh, next few it months. It always when disappointed we do this. me as a Shawn Michaels fan in general. I don't like, think it's very good, to be honest well, with you. Well, it really not- pisses me off because I thought that Shawn Michaels, like, okay, finally <laughs> made it to wrestling. Like, now he's going to win the world title, right? Yeah, the build. See, this is where they're kind of backed into a corner here because the build is is such that Sean should win build-wise, yeah. right? I'm not saying he should have, but because I don't think it was time for He's him to win the title He's coming off the yet. last WrestleMania. It was in the great match, and that usually and, the pattern is, is if you have this awesome match that you lose right. at the previous WrestleMania, that you like win the world title right. the next one, like Randy Savage. And he's got the momentum from winning the Royal Rumble. Right. Right? Just thinking build-wise, with no heel or face alignment or anything, Shawn Michaels Sean seems like a, a shoe-in here, right? Yes. Diesel... Winning did no one any good. Is the and again, I know that they were still going with him as the champion, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it just feels like it did. This didn't benefit anybody. Yeah, it's not. Why didn't Diesel like heel beat Bob as a heel beat Bob Backlund? That should have been what it was. I mean, he technically was. Oh, you mean here? No, like I'm saying when Diesel won his title, he was a heel and then he turned. They should have kept him a heel though. I know, but they didn't. They fucked Bob Backlund sucks basically, (laughs) and like Diesel just happened to run into him at a house show. They fucked up. It's yeah. just, I get what they were going for, but what happened in this is the fans wound up cheering Sean because he was working a match designed to get himself over, which is fine, whatever. Nash didn't care. Something seemed off about this in yeah, general. Like, it's, not go- it's not good. Yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, again, when I say not good, I don't mean it's a bad wrestling match. It's probably like a three, three and a half star match. I don't even fault the performers here. It's the booking. I fault Sean a little bit just for working the style. The funniest part to me, though, is because of the way everything was built up, that I already was behind Sean, so I wasn't even like mad yeah, that he was care. acting like a face. I was like, I know. because he is a fucking face to me. I wasn't mad either. I, mean, like, I was like, when as a kid, I wanted Sean to win. Right. So I'm like, I'm rooting for him anyway. So I don't give a shit about the how they're no, wrestling. I'm just like, talking I, retrospectively. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It is good, but their match a year later on Good Friends, Better Enemies blows way this better. out of the water. Way better. And yeah. the dynamic is right. Yeah, and Sean is a face. The leg and, and all the that. Leg. Yeah. Anyway, then LT, Bam Bam, Bam Bam takes his coat off, puts it back on. <laughs> Salt and Pepper's there. Very notable for having Mongo, Mongo there. And Kama. Yeah. Uh, and people like that. And we've talked about this. There's just this zoo crew of the Million Dollar Corporation looking like absolute buffoons. Just yeah. horrible. They're really not a good representation of the WWF. No. That's what they're like. They're supposed to be the wrestler team or whatever. How do you take that seriously? God, wearing a fucking suspenders and a tie. And Nikolai Volkov is yeah, there somehow. Yeah, 100 years old. He was in the geezers section the year before <laughs> yeah, WrestleMania. Right. Like, they young and all yeah. them. Anyway, the match is fine. We've talked about it. It isn't bad. Mm-hmm. But it's, what was this going to lead to? The entrance <laughs> with salt and pepper is the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, they work a good match, and Pat Patterson's the referee. Also, LT's gear is pretty dope. I like it. Yeah. But again, what is this going to do for anyone? Nothing. LT doesn't have a wrestling career to launch by winning this. No. 
so it's a great attraction, but Bam Bam's the one that <laughs> got hurt out of this, honestly. I mean, this is what sends Bam Bam into um, uh, Asbury Park fishing article yeah. in WWF Magazine, that fire kind of coat. thing. Yeah, fire yeah. coat. Like, all this, like, aftermath. Yep. So, I mean, kudos to the build. Kudos to them working the match. It's a good match, but it didn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. Just a weird WrestleMania, man. That's all I have on it. I mean, it just, uh, Like I've always said, this WrestleMania always felt like WrestleMania snuck up on them and they had to like quickly like put yeah. a bunch of bullshit together. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I, I will also say on the live pay-per-view version, especially the production is horrible. Yeah. There's sound errors. King, uh, the, I think King and Vince had to dub some of their commentary again <sighs> for subsequent release. This is like miscues. It's like, bad. really like late 94 into 95 is when a lot of this, we're having trouble with the satellite truck. Like it's like that era. I do remember an like, era where the Spanish feed kept like overlapping. Yeah, it would happen more than <laughs> yep. once. There was always like audio specifically. Yeah. Like I don't know if they like just fired the audio guy that was handling things after a while because all of a sudden like things got a lot better by '96. They did. Yes, like, it was just like some doofus like really sucked at like <laughs> handling this for them. This is just not a sterling representation of WWF of what WrestleMania is supposed to be. And uh, it feels cheap. It feels thrown together. Although it's an accurate representation of what WWF is by 1995. That's the problem. Yeah. And and that's just not a good era. And I don't know. It it just feels very hollow. Right. Anyway, you want to rank? Let's rank. Run them down here. King of the Ring 95 is number one. Two is uh, In Your House 4. Three, WrestleMania 9. Four, Survivor Series 5. No Holds Barred. And six is In Your Heists. Wrestling Classic is not good. No. It's it's pretty bad. It's, it, it's worse than Beware of Dog and Match Movie um, thing. You think? I mean, it does yeah, have a it's, couple it, of good it's, matches. It's horrible. What good matches? That's Dave Meltzer's, like, I'm rating it at the time thing. They're, yeah, what they're I, horrible. What did I like? I'm trying to think of what I like. I don't remember liking any match at this. Yeah, Savage Dynamite, I think, is the only one the I best truly thing. liked. That was the best thing. And it was quick. Okay. Is it worse than Survivor Series 93? Mm, yeah. I think it's worse than WrestleMania 9 also. Why? Just WrestleMania 9 just at least has that, has some decent stuff going on, like the backstage stuff with Sean and 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 Lex Luger and all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I it's don't know. It's also like, it's got the good opener with Sean at the top. Yeah. The tag match. The with Steiners thing. Yeah. The crush doink we love. It's got some stuff. Some intrigue. Yeah. All right. Is it worse than In Your House 4? I don't know. In Your House 4 is a piece of shit. Which is this again? What's on this? Wrestling? That's the one house? with... Bulldog Diesel, yeah, in the main event, and then like um, Dean Douglas. I think, yeah, I think I think classic seems to be right here. This is like an easy one for me. I don't know why. The thing, you know about, what I mean? Like yeah. this, it just seems obvious. The thing about classic is it's not an actively offensive show. Yeah, but there's almost no like zero rewatchability. Oh yeah, I, like I said, I never ever want to watch it ever again. Right. Like I think after we watched it, I said I'm done with wrestling classic for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like I think I, I think I don't need to see it anymore. And Our review is better than the show. Like and the reason it's hard to, it's hard for that to happen. But it happens sometimes. Yeah. And the reason I think that it stays below in your house four and King of the Ring is because those two are also not rewatchable, mm-hmm. but they're actively worse because in your house four has the horrendous main event. The top three level right now is the I never want to watch this level. Yeah. Like well, all three of these I would never watch. But nine you would watch again. Yeah. Right? Okay. I, Even Survivor there. Series 93. Yeah. Like, you occasionally, know. right? Okay. So classic goes to number three. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania 11. This thing sucks ass. 
can we run it all the way up to WrestleMania 9? That's the most direct comparison. Sure. I think it's worse than 9 by a I'm lot. I'm in full agreement. Like I have no I have no argument to make that WrestleMania 11 is worse than 9. I've always believed this. That's why when people call 9 one of the worst, I'm like, it's not good, but 11 is a lot worse to me. I've never disagreed with you on that. Though. I know you like, have I've always thought WrestleMania 11 is is next level garbage. Like it's like how the fuck this isn't this is it feels like in your house WrestleMania. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so bad. It really just doesn't have a big feel to it. And I've tried to, you know, articulate some of my problems with the two main event matches on 11 is they're both while technically fine in the ring, they're underwhelming. They don't really do anything for me. You know what I'm saying? It feels like a long 1995 Raw. Yeah. That's how bad it is. And a poorly produced one at that. Yeah. And the Brett Backlund thing is supposed... That's like the savage crush of WrestleMania 11, you know? I just... This is the WrestleMania I watch the least. Like, because it's just so fucking bad. Out of the old ones? Yeah. Like, I'd say up to 17. Yeah. It's this 15. I don't like I, yeah, two. I, I, I watch two sometimes. This one just doesn't. I, there's never. I just see that purple logo and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm out. Even but, the voiceover. And now WrestleMania 11. Like, it just sounds minor. It sounds like the Stridex blimp yeah. should be like going through the arena. Like, I'm surprised. Is Manny Garcia at this and Barry Dodinsky? Because they should be. I think Dodinsky is. Is Man Mountain Rock at this? Maybe in a dark match that they didn't even, <laughs> they didn't even list. It just reminds me of the worst times. And is there again, even a fan fest for this. Yeah, there like, is. There is. But wow. no one cares. Here's the thing, Quinn. Even though you and I both watched this when it was new, mm-hmm. this sucks. I'll say this to you. When this aired, and because I, I was very new to wrestling, yeah. this made me think that like WrestleMania was maybe a big deal when Hulk Hogan was around, but right. it, it wasn't anymore. Like, I just felt like it was just like another. Like that was my outlook on it. It wasn't until they started like doing stuff like um like WrestleMania like seventeen or whatever. Like even when they started going back to big arenas. Was a big one for me. Fourteen, like basically when they started acting like it was a big deal again. But this this really like kicked off the like a WrestleMania is just like it's just on the calendar. It's yeah. just like it's just a legacy name that they use. Like it did feel like that. You know what I mean? Let me ask you a question. Had you seen 10 on tape by this point yes and i knew that that was better yes i was just so i was like you. the thing was is like 11 like i said it's like 11 and 12 yeah and 13 for the most 13 part is not good yeah the, those are the three that i consider the this is just something on the calendar yeah. era like yes. it's not important at all no i agree 100 percent. and it felt like they were trying too hard with all the celebrities at this one they were i felt like that was just they felt obligated because yeah. the the name of the show said wrestlemania on yeah. it like, I'm not even kidding. It could have said anything. Yeah. And it's not that good. Uh, is it worse, though? Is 11 worse than the wrestling classic? I'd say it is. I'd say yes. it's I, I'd say 100% it is. Okay. Then, does it, how far, how much higher does it go? Is it worse than In Your House 4? I would, believe it or not, <laughs> watch In Your House 4 before WrestleMania 11. That's how much I don't like WrestleMania 11. I agree with you. I hate it. <laughs> like, I hate this show. I, I agree with you. So it's between that and King of the Ring, right? I don't see. I don't think it's worse than King of the Ring. You don't? I think King of the Ring is a special kind of nothing. I think I'm like with it, you. it's a special kind of piece of shit. Like they don't give you anything. Like with King of the Ring 1995, it's like crazy. Like that whole yeah. the whole like Undertaker and and Shawn Michaels in the tournament. And they don't win, they don't even make it past the first round. Like what the fuck is going on? 
here. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. King- it makes the whole show over before it even starts. King of the Ring 95 is a very gloomy, a very dour show. You know what I mean? Right. And at least WrestleMania 11 has the, the Owen moment. Yeah, the LT thing is, is at least yeah, happy. Like, like, they're good. It's just not WrestleMania level good, but it's happy. Yeah. And the Razor Jarrett match is good. The ending mm-hmm. is just a piece of crap. 1995 has taken over the top part of this list. <laughs> yeah, like, this is crazy. I think we're, you want to leave it at number two then? Yeah. Okay. All right, folks. So for week number four here of The Flush, wow, we are really getting in to the nitty and gritty. At number one... Still King of the Ring 95. Two, WrestleMania 11. Three is In Your House 4. Four is the Wrestling Classic. Five is WrestleMania 9. Six, Survivor Series 93. Seven, No Holds Bar, the match movie. And eight is In Your House. Beware of dog. Folks, let us know what you think and let us know why you think it. You can do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But Quinn, when we come back, enough WWF, enough 1995. Mm-hmm. We are going down south for WCW World Championship Wrestling from 1989. That'll be coming up right after this. It's coming. Let's into this capacity crowd. The star. Welcome to a world of glitz and glamour. The match the world waited to see. LT in the square circle for the first time. Lawrence Taylor battles Bam Bam Bigelow. Lawrence Taylor has done the impossible. Plus, Shawn Michaels takes on Big Daddy Cool Diesel for the WWF Championship. With Pamela Anderson, special musical guest Salton Pepper, and more. It's the single greatest event in sports entertainment history. It's all about WrestleMania, and only happens one time in the whole year. WrestleMania, the special, this Saturday night at 11, 10 Central. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF. It might be WCW. It could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here, episode 248. Quinn, we're reviewing something. We are. We are, and we always will. And folks, if you want to suggest something, we're taking your requests in perpetuity forever. If you join our Facebook group, there's a post called uh, Specific Episode Review Requests. Mm-hmm. Post a link there if it's on the internet, or just post the name of it if it's on Peacock or something like that. And uh, we will do our best to get through it. Richard Land is doing the schedule for he us. He's in charge now, folks. Yep. This time around, he gave us WCW, the show, the Saturday night show, the right? match, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> World Championship Wrestling from 1989. This was uh, suggested by Mark Riley, longtime mm-hmm. friend of the show. So this is what would become Saturday night. Right. This was the famous WCW two-hour show, normally, mm-hmm. on TBS. Sometimes it was one hour during baseball season. I feel like we're like close to it being Saturday night. Like Not like super we're not. Uh, what I mean to say is like, the, the format of the show is like melding very slowly. Very and slowly. You can see it yes. even here in 89, right? With like the set and all this. Yeah, the set. We'll it, talk about that. It looks like the fucking, this arena, Joe, looks like the 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 Disney thing weirdly. It's not, but I know what you mean. Yeah. 
So this had started a very quick history as Georgia Championship Wrestling's main show in 1971 uh, and then became known as World Championship Wrestling in 82. Mm-hmm. This is the show where Vince McMahon bought the entire Georgia Championship Wrestling promotion so he can get his hands on the time slot, right? Right. That's Black Friday in 1984. Mm-hmm. He then sells it to Jim Crockett. Remember, Crockett didn't previously own it. Georgia, right. a different promotion. Crockett from the Carolinas bought this from Vince McMahon in March of 1985. The WWF had introduced the uh, the set, the gray set, right. right before that. And Crockett kept that set. It's a very iconic set. It's true. Crockett, though, sold to Ted Turner in the fall of 1988. The show at this point is known as World Championship Wrestling still. Yes, it is. And then in 1992, it becomes WCW Saturday Night. Mm-hmm. Has a great run as Saturday night. Uh, a few different sets there. The futuristic one was my favorite. I love the one. Yeah, the futuristic one with the like building arm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is all this shit? Like, what? why is this wrestling? Making wrestler. Yeah. And uh, WCW Saturday night kind of became surplus to requirements by 98 when Thunder was introduced. And it always upset me when Saturday night was not the main, like one of the main things I anymore. So good. We've always talked about how we love the two hours on a Saturday. I think the time slot is what made it right. Six. Yes. Six oh five on Saturday for two freaking hours. Loved it. Like it was two hours before Nitro was two hours. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it was always two hours. It's like you got more WCW on this than you got on Mondays. That's right, man. It was crazy. So the era that we're in now, April 29th, 1989, this is the Peacock version. I'm sure the real original one is out there, but. We are in a period of time between two well-regarded WCW pay-per-views, the uh, Chi-Town right. Rumble, which has passed, and coming up, Wrestle War 89, the first Wrestle War. So we're going to see some angles that were going on around this period of time. And I got to say, uh, we don't get into a lot of WCW 89, right? No. I feel like I don't know much about this era other than WCW's like alleged yeah. best pay-per-views or whatever. But, you know, here we go. Yep. Let's let's get into it, right? So let's do it, folks. WCW World Championship Wrestling, April 29th, 89. Thanks again, Mark Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get the intro preview, which is narrated by Jim Ross. Tonight on World Championship Wrestling, see three big main events. Music Quinn is great, of course. I love WCW's music. Uh, music- it's again video game like love it sacks sometimes love it. it's, it's, they do have really good music for no reason they do man yeah so we go to ringside but first uh we're told that this is brought to us in part by western union now, I, i'm gonna say the the heavy hand of the western union bosses are all over this fucking show right brought to you in part by western union instant replay western union the fastest way to send money i found it a little odd that that was kept in usually they lop off the sponsor stuff i think on- it was too into the yeah. show. They couldn't even like edit it out. Yeah. Like it's, it's part of it. I think you're right. Now we're joined by Jim Ross by himself and he's dressed like fucking damn quail here. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to World Championship Wrestling. Jim Ross with you coming to you from the wrestling capital of the world here in Atlanta, Georgia. The thing I need to mention first of all about Jim Ross is this was the Tony Schiavone show. Right. Schiavone JR Crockett. By, by himself. What is this? Yeah. And then it was Schiavone and JR. Now, Shivani had just left. I think his last one was February of 89. Mm-hmm. So, JR sometimes had like Magnum TA with him, Jim Cornette, Michael yeah. Hayes, like different co-hosts. I will say this JR, it, it feels like I'm watching Mid-South or UWF or something. By himself in 89? Yeah. yeah. Too much. Yeah. it's it's It literally feels like a UWF show, especially when like Dr. Death shows up <laughs> later on and yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh God, what yeah. am I watching here? Now, he's in front of an uninspiring background. 
which looks to be like a carpet wall and there's a banner. I gotta say, though, the way this is presented, it's hard to believe that this is like the old Teak Deck studio. It looks very different. It, it's because it's not Teak Deck anymore. It's not because, no. yeah, I was like, wow, this looks way nicer no, for some reason. Before people get mad, Quinn calls Techwood Drive Teak Deck. Just let him do it. it it's it, just that's, what he calls that's it. That's the name of it, right? Yes. It's Teak Deck. Yeah. Quinn's referring to Techwood, and that was the studio I was talking about with the big gray set, the iconic set. It's so good. They had just moved, Quinn, oh, really? literally in April, to center stage in Atlanta. Ah, center stage. Um, Jared calls this the wrestling capital <laughs> of the world. I, he should just say New York, but okay. <laughs> Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, maybe. But anyway, this is actually very, very early, like I said, for center stage. They had just moved everything over here in what? April. I'm always confused on what the fuck center stage is, because like... It's, it's just a different studio. It's by understanding that the location-wise, it's like near CNN and shit it like is. that. Like part of the CNN Center, isn't it? It's part of all their studios. I think so. Yeah, Center Stage is just like one of the, you know, it's kind of like a Studio B and yes, <laughs> like that kind of right. thing, right? It's like, it's just the name of one of them. Yes, whereas Techwood was WTBS's actual studio. Right. That's where that was. So gotcha. they moved everything because Turner owns it now, CNN Center, blah, blah. It's nicer in that. I've been to that CNN era. Yeah, you've told me. Area in Atlanta. It's like, it's like a park. Like in the middle of the city. It's me, yeah, very it's nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, JR again runs down tonight's action and he mentions that we are only eight days away from Wrestle War 89. Well, that's something. That's something. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, though, the challenger for Wrestle War, Ric Flair, is headed this way towards JR. So we see the Nature Boy. He's got a nice gray suit on, three ladies with him, and he steps into the frame with Jim Ross. And next week, apparently, right before Wrestle War, Ric Flair is going to be wrestling, but this week. He's here to start his victory celebration a week early. Put the camera woo, on what's going on in the life of the soon-to-be world heavyweight wrestling champion. I have no doubt he hung out with these ladies afterwards, Joe, or maybe before. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But I, he, they definitely hung out. Oh, they were they were hanging. Yeah. And banging. This, this seems like whoever he, he ran into at the bar this week before the show. It's a good way to live. Mm -hmm. uh, he gives JR a pick at one of the ladies and says this is why he is the total picture of confidence and in Nashville at WrestleWar, Flair's going to walk the walk and he's going to win the title back. Meanwhile, I see a fly near JR's head which erases the illusion that like this this shit like Ric Flair's like elite <laughs> or whatever. A fly near his head. I'm not kidding. Like it, it's stuff like that. It's like when Ric Flair's supposed to be looking like a high roller or whatever, yeah. and I see like a fly near Jared's head, or, I'm just like, what is this shit? Kind like, of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so Jim Ross again brings up how next week Flair's going to be wrestling on the show. And Flair's like, do you blame me? Jet airplanes, beautiful women, fine clothes, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's not wrong. I know. Yeah. He's the nature boy. Mm -hmm. Jet airplanes, beautiful women, fine clothes. What is it, my friend? We're out here as long as I want to stand here. Suddenly, though, Ricky Steamboat strolls out. Now, he's a champion in a proud seafoam green sweatshirt. That shirt is hideous. And I'm going to say this. No offense. Like, I know that Ricky Steamboat's like a legend and yada, yada, yada. But he looks very minor league here compared to Ric Flair. And this is like... You supposed think? Yes. I don't think they do. I, I think he does. I, I think this whole show doesn't look good for Steamboat. Like, no really? offense. Like, I, I don't think his promos are good. I don't. I, I think Ric Flair looks like he's outclassing him this week. Well, he is in wearing every, a suit in every way. Like not even like I know, but I'm saying just Steamboat's dressed like Tim Allen in the mid late '90s. If I'm being honest, I, if I'm a fan, right, who's just turning this on, like yeah. just randomly, yeah. and I see Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat talking to each other, I'd probably just say like that. Ric Flair looks like he's got his shit together and 
he's a big deal. Is it because of the suit? No, it's actually the how confident he speaks. That's what I feel. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't like, think Steamboat was too bad here. I know he's not a renowned talker, but I know. he's I, okay. I don't think it had anything to do with the like persona with Ric Flair. It was just how boldly and like put together his speech was. Fair you enough. You know what I mean? He just seemed like the star. You know something, Nature Boy? I didn't come out here to intimidate your lifestyle or put down your morals. Quick background on this, by the way, folks, is that uh, Steamboat had defeated Flair at Chi-Town Rumble in one of their all-time matches. All This whole series is very well regarded. Mm-hmm. And they had a match on, I think, just Clash or on TV. Yeah, Clash, right? So this is the big time here. This is where Flair's going to try to get his title back. That's what's going on. So Steamboat's here with the big gold belt. Got a nice mullet. He tells Flair that he's not here to put down Flair's morals, but the people out here know what Steamboat is all about and what he stands for. He isn't interested in Flair's no, shit. He doesn't want to be like yeah, him yeah. or anything like That's that. That's admirable. Yes. But again, I'm just saying, Ric Flair just seems like he knows what he's saying here. I think Steamboat does too. I didn't mm-hmm. notice any lack of confidence. He was just like, I'm a family man and I don't need to be like you. You know, that yeah. old rivalry. But anyway, Steamboat says he's got Flair's number. He has beaten him twice recently. And the Nature Boy tells his ladies to listen up because next Sunday, Steamboat has to beat Flair. And pal, you can't do it again. Again, Flair miles ahead here on the mic. Yeah, I know, but everyone knows that, Quinn. Flair's helping the situation, though. I think it's making it's work. I get what they're doing, yeah. but it's just, yeah. Steamboat's not a, he's, the whole thing is he's supposed to be humble and not right. flashy, so it makes sense. Seafoam green. The shirt sucks. The shirt really. It's not good. Isn't he supposed to be the champion now? Can he just yeah. at least, like, don't they pay him now millions of dollars? Isn't that how WCW works? It's yeah, like, he doesn't but, want the so, suits. I know, but the I'm just saying, like, he's got to dress to be the champion, no? You know, you're going to work or something. I guess when you're the champion, you can do what you want. No? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, Steamboat says that throughout the years, Flair has been the best intimidator, including to Steamboat. But now the shoe's on the other foot. Steamboat has the belt now, and this is the last showdown. And then Flair calmly tells Steamboat that he doesn't need to be reminded about what's... See, I like this build. They're mm-hmm. being respectful to each other. That's true. And Steamboat says Flair sounds like a used car salesman, and I'm not buying it. Calm. <laughs> So we get a Steamboat chant as Jareth tries to throw us to the ring. Steamboat says, hey, at least I give people rematches. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. And Flair's like, I don't care. Jareth finally throws it up to our ring announcer, Rhubarb Jones. And in the ring, greasy-ass Trent Knight, his opponent, for reasons, Cowboy Bob Orton. What? I don't know. What? Why is he here? This is so late. (laughs) We don't need him. He already looks like the AWF version. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because he's got the shorter hair, the usual vest. Yeah, his hair is horrible. I don't like it short. It he, needs to be fluffy. He looks like he his career's over once it's short. Like, that's like what that looks like. That's, that's what that screams to me. It's like, oh, he's not a big deal anymore. Right. I don't know what it, but anyway, uh, Gary Hart, Bob Orton's manager, goes to join JR in commentary. Referee's going to be Nick Patrick. Orton with an immediate overhead press slam and a uh, stomach breaker to start. He's just destroying this dork right away. Yes, he is. Meanwhile, JR says that he's got a message here that Gary Hart is wanted in the locker room due to some kind of emergency. Gary, I'm sorry. I'm being told that you're... Wait a minute. You've got a a phone call or you're wanted in the locker room area. Apparently, there's been an emergency. You're needed in the locker room area. And you see it, too. It's funny. As Orton's stomping away here, you see Gary Hart, like, calmly stroll away. It's right, funny. Not, not making, like, it looks like it's more real. Calmly walking back there. Yeah. Double arm suplex by Orton as JR now says hi to Baltimore and Philadelphia. Big rights by Orton, but suddenly Quinn Dick Murdoch charges out, 
kicking Gary Hart's ass all Man, the way to the ring. Look at all this cannon, Joe. <laughs> also, this is a feud. It's weird. Murdoch looks 63 feuding with like 47-year-old Bob Moore. These guys look old as shit. I know, and they're not really. Yeah, That's I know. I part. understand that, but this is not what you want to headline. I don't know. What is Orton? Like 38? He looks older. He looks very old. Murdoch's in his early 40s, but yeah, they just, yeah you're right. They look old. It's a bunch of old men fighting. Yeah. Uh, Murdoch looks like a fucking shirtless Hank Hill here, just pounding away Mm -hmm. on Gary Hart. Orton notices and then hops out of the ring, goes after Murdoch, who quickly punches the cowboy down. Murdoch then grabs the bull rope and and swings at Orton, who was wielding a chair. The bull rope is still a thing in 1989. Again, all of this is very old and cruddy to me. This is some like territory Texas fucking 70s shit here. Doesn't make them look like a big deal. Does this mean Trent Knight won? Who won this match? I didn't, even, I like didn't even care. Like I, I seriously was like, I guess it's over now. It like is. it didn't, it didn't occur to me that there was a winner or loser. Good point. Murdoch wanders over to Jim Ross and yells about how people keep asking him about Gary Hart, keep asking him about Bob Orton, and sometimes they ask him about Butch Reed and why all those guys keep trying to attack him. But Murdoch says, you know what? Fuck it. In Nashville, Texas bull rope. I'm stomping a mud hole in you and stomping it dry again. And I'll guarantee you one thing. I'm going to stomp a mud hole in you, and I'm going to stomp it dry again. I wonder if JR's taking mental notes of that mud hole phrase. Things like I was saying. (laughs) I like that. Mm. Murdoch calls out Gary Hart again and then decides to leave the bull rope with JR to prove that it's good. He's like, you hold it, Jim Ross. It's kind of funny. Yeah, it's very old school, even for 1989, though. You're right. Yeah, I I, (laughs) We get the Western Union replay. JR's all, all like, Western Union is good, like, or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? You mean like the my- whole fucking show. <laughs> uh, good good, good uh, money sending company there. Uh. You mean good money, folks. Good yeah. money. All right, back up to the ring here. We're first in the ring. Ron Simmons. Wow, this is early. This seems very early for Ron Simmons now. You're right. No doom. Yeah. No fanfare. He's, He's just, just there. There. He's just a wrestler that works there. And his opponent. Junkyard Dog. The very generic crappy music. That's probably dubbed in, right? I don't it, think it is. It didn't sound really? like it. Yeah, oh it didn't boy. sound dubbed. From Charlotte, North Carolina, Junkyard Dog. Dog is only six months removed from his WWF run here. Second WWF. Remember because he was like fired and came back or you're whatever right. happened there? Yeah, no, you're right. In 87. And Dog would actually wind up no-showing Wrestle War. He's supposed to wrestle at that, but he's mm. not there. Anyway. It's not that big of a pay-per-view anyway. And it's really, it's Junkyard Dog after like 80, 70 yeah. stinks. Anyway, referee's going to be Teddy Long. JYD offers the handshake, but Simmons is like, nah. So he's a heel. I'm not I, I'm not sure who the heel is here. Dog is not. He's, Simmons he's, might be. Yeah. Hmm. Apparently, JYD does have a problem with Teddy Long, though, like mm-hmm. being the referee here. So Simmons pushes JYD. Dog shoves back, and both men put up their dukes before Teddy separates them. Right. Teddy gives JYD a bunch of shit, which allows Simmons to sneak in a punch. Dog punches back, though, lands a headbutt. Simmons is staggered back up another one, and Simmons tumbles down. Cover gets a very slow one count by Teddy. Headbutt to the breadbasket by Ron Simmons, and a body slam gets one. Both men up, lock up, brawling on the ropes, though, which the crowd likes. Well, the wrestling's out the door. They they hate each other. Like that's like what's going on, yeah. here, right? It's just like it's just like a rolling around, like scratching, clawing, yep. and punching, and Tussle. kicking, and yeah. It's not that bad though, if I'm being honest. Like it looks rather real, like yeah, because of the way they're doing it. It looks like a real fight where somebody would just like grab you and just like be trying to get you down so yeah. they can punch you. They've had enough like, of each yeah. other, you know. It's not bad. And in the midst of this whole brawl, Teddy gets shoved by J- JYD. 
both men then roll around on the mat now. JYD with some nice choking. Choke, choke, choke. Teddy tries to get him to break. Simmons rolls over on top of the dog now. Dog flips back over, back to the choking. JR says that they're taking this one to the streets. They're taking this one to the streets. JR, that's a wrestling ring. They're yeah, not in the streets. They're not in the streets at all. That's the ring. And mm-hmm. ropes and all that. It's true. Shouldn't he know these things? He is a very professional announcer. <laughs> right. I, I don't know wrestling or whatever. <laughs> Western Union. Yeah. Back up. Western Union is important. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it's a very important service, folks. Yeah. Back up, dog. Back Simmons into the corner. Clean break, surprisingly, but Simmons pushes JYD, like pushes him down. Yeah. Goes for the pin, and Teddy Long counts <laughs> so insanely ridiculous. fast. Like, he doesn't even, like, lift his hand. Like, he, he does, like, he does the, like, I don't know, you're, like, playing, like, um, box ball, and you do the popcorn thing yeah. or whatever, and he, he's going to, like, Simmons right on top. Wow, wait a minute. Even on the replay. Slow motion replay. Yes, the count is insanely yeah. fast. So I found that to be really funny. So JR's a little pissed, and now <laughs> Jim Hurd is on the scene with him. Yeah, the pizza man. Are we serious over here? I understand Jim Hurd is here. So he talks about how the fans have had enough of Teddy Long as a referee. What's he going to do? Take away his toppings? Uh, like, I don't... Seriously, like, he's not a threat to me. No more pepperoni. Yeah. So uh, Pizza Hurd here says that Teddy's been under a lot of suspicion since he fast-counted the Road Warriors. Okay, so now okay. it makes sense. There, there's background here. Doing the old Danny Davis angle here. So I guess we got to get the Yonoid involved and take care of this, right? Dominoes. Whatever. It's all pizza related. <laughs> okay, so enough is enough, Jim Hurd says. He says, I try to be fair. So at this moment, Teddy Long is no longer a referee. That's right. Teddy Long is long gone. Oh, ha. ha. Sounds to me like he's doomed. <laughs> anyway, JR now throws us to break, which again, fantastic bumper music. And we're back where Lee Scott is in the ring with a nice dirty mustache. Looking jobberific. <laughs> Looks like he went to our high school. Yeah. I feel like WCW isn't at the point yet where they have like the good jobbers that I like. It's just random idiots. Yeah, their jobbers are like, these are real wrestlers and yeah. they're going to make a name one day. They, they never do. They won um, some high school tournament or something. So that's like why they get to wrestle at center stage. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Like. Western Union. It's yeah. good. <laughs> Wait, no, Western Union Wrestling Tournament or whatever. <laughs> now, his opponent, who has just debuted very recently right. in WCW, the great Muta. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. Oh, boy. 89 Muta. Don't fuck with him, This man. is the serious one. Yes. So, Gary Hart is with him, and I love this, Quinn. Gary Hart is still selling the beat down. It's good. From yeah. Murdoch. yeah. He's, like, all holding his head and stuff. Really well It's a done. nice little carryover. Yep. So, Muta's motivated. He's got green face paint. He also has video game music. It's absurd. I love it. I love it. Cool. Yeah. The Great Muta. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been shocking already in this hour of World Championship Wrestling. The referee, I don't know, Ned Flanders, as we get a bell, Muta poses. It, this is like warm-up karate here for like Muta. He's like, he's like, ha. Ooh. Yeah. Like, you know, he's like Tommy from Power Rangers. Is- he had like Ernie's, you know, and they're like, he, he's like, look at my karate. I'm just practicing here. Make sure you stay in school, kids. How is Ernie's a restaurant where after school you could also have like a karate lesson? Like, you, you remember they had like a cor- sometimes they like, like some civic center. Sometimes they would like clear out the tables yeah. and they're like, we're going to do self defense today or something. Like, I'm like, doesn't this guy have to make money selling juice or what? whatever? Like, <laughs> like, how does he have fucking, how, how did, like, how does he make any money in Angel Grove? Yeah, that's a good point. What is, what is that? Is that like the youth center? And I want to know bar like, in it? Ernie's um, yearly income. 
He's the twelve thousand dollars. Uh, it's just how does he afford an apartment in in Angel, Angel Grove? Grove? Seems like it's a upper crust kind of area. Maybe right? he lives in Devil's Cove. Right yeah. On the corner <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. The next town over. Yeah, right? uh, on the other side of the track. There should there. have been an episode where they find out Ernie lives in a really dingy apartment and they like feel bad for him and they like raise money. <laughs> like they they have like we need to have a banner day, a dance-a-thon or something. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> say by the Bell episode. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the Max. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lee Scott has happy zebra striped tights. He leads a very shitty USA chant and the crowd's like yeah USA we don't know yeah. who cares Muda lands a side headlock takeover back up off the rope shoulder block by Muda over the top leapfrog by Scott roll through by Muda spinning kick by Muda he tosses Scott through the ropes as JR takes glee He's like, I'm glad that Garrett Hart is beat up. Fuck him. I hate him. Like, really so- impartial here, JR. Yeah, I know. Plancha to the floor by Muda, by the way, and he happily spews the mist on the apron. Muda, it looks so different back then. Like, right? Like, everything he's doing is fucking awesome. He was cool, man. There's nobody doing this shit. Oh, in 89? Yeah. yeah. In North America? Yeah. No way. It's very good. He would have fit. He'd fit in now. Yeah. Seriously. He just looks like. Just a great wrestler. A great Muda, if yeah. you will. Remember uh, how he's the son of uh, Kabuki? He is. In kayfabe. Well, Kabuki stinks compared to him. <laughs> I don't even see the resemblance in moves or whatever. But they're both great, yeah. I guess, is the point. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Muda throws Lee back in, hops up top, lands a missile drop kick like it's nothing. One fluid motion, throws him in, hops on the apron, hops to the top, missile drop That's kick. the thing with Muda, Muda, you have to like really look at it. It's the fluidity, right? It's like yeah. everything he does, it doesn't, it looks fucking real because it looks like he's just hitting you as hard as he fucking can with these like moves that usually are just to show off. Yes, right. Like, Did he ever fight Sean Waltman? It seems like he could. If anyone knows, I'm not going to look it up now. If you guys know, did he ever take on Sean Waltman in like the early 90s or something? I always thought of this WCW run as something where he was just trying to get like um, recognition in North America. Like he never really intended to stay here very long. Like he was going to go back to Japan. Yeah. Bouncing back and forth. Yeah. But this is just to get his like notoriety up. It worked. Yeah. He was a sensation for a bit. Right. Purple Nurple by Muda because fuck it. Armbar now with a nerve hold modifier. Which I gotta say, Lee Scott is selling very well. That yelling thing was stuff. good. Yeah, like I was like, "Whoa, okay." Again, never see anybody do that shit. Right? Yoko right? should have done that if you wanted to lay around. That's way better because it also like it's like no, you're twisting their arm on one end and you're giving them the nerve hold. It's like, yes. oh, look, it actually hurts. It's not them just sitting there and resting. And you notice how Lee Scott is selling it by yelling, yeah. "Luger just laying there taking a nap at WrestleMania." 10. No, yeah, this this guy sounds like he's gonna he's gonna have to quit just from this. See, right. That's the art right here. Anyway, side backbreaker by Muda. He heads all the way up top and lands a beautiful, like, snap moonsault this for moon the This moonsault was, like, fast as yep. fuck. It was awesome. He's great. Like, no wonder they gave him the belt. Like, he, this shit, he jumps off him, first of all, like, at a distance, does like, and, and it's total backflip. It's like, yeah. there's no airtime. It's, it's full-on fucking, like, snap, lands on him as hard as he fucking can like yep. out of a moonsault awesome like and he just looks like he destroyed this guy i love it Quinn. yeah good stuff right mm-hmm. we get a replay of that western union is good and we go back over to jr who is waiting for the iron sheik to arrive what good lord he's here after great muda <laughs> look guy who can't walk i am not ever <laughs> gonna be I'm never going to pretend to be an expert on every single little thing of WCW in the late 80s. I'm just not. It's not the period I'm most familiar with. I know a general good amount of shit, but I always forget that the Iron Sheik was there in WCW and when and stuff. I know he was, but I always forget when. Yeah, it's weird. It's just called like 
got sm- got caught with the crunk or whatever. I have to come here now. <laughs> like yeah. that's all this was. Pretty much. And apparently, the Sheik is challenging Sting with the Persian clubs. How is this a thing in 1989? Like seriously, how is this something that we have decided to do on a nationally broadcast thing? Yeah, I mean, aren't we done with the clubs enough? Again, I always look at this period in Sheik's career of like he's just biding his time till Vince will like forgive him and take him back. Mr. He doesn't. Man. He doesn't give a fuck what job he gets in WWF. That's why he didn't care about being General <laughs> Colonel Mustafa, Colonel whatever. It didn't matter. He's like as long like Vince gave him his his big break, and he he, he just wants to get back there. Like he, does. he he doesn't give a shit about this place. Only two more years to go. Yeah, it's just like he he's in the doghouse right yeah. now. That's all this is for Sheik. The outhouse, maybe. Yeah. And anyway, this Sunday at WrestleWar, Sheik will be facing Sting for the TV title. So Sheik wanders over with Rip Morgan, who is carrying his clubs for him. I did not know that either. Mm-hmm. Next, Sting's music fires up. Meanwhile, Sheik is proudly showing off his clubs. Sting is now just in the ring, taking a bump off of nothing because he's Sting. He's got a black rat tail what or something. I don't know what. His whole hair is blonde, and there's just like this little dingy on the back. <laughs> just black hair like it's very weird now by this point quinn you'd say sting is pretty much sting right i mean ever since the flare match in 88 right he's getting he's, he's getting still there. a little more happy than he usually is like a little more plucky yeah there's a little more pluck yeah i'll give you <laughs> some pluck yeah anyway she has the short tights and their baby blue and mm-hmm. uh sting wanders over and he calls jr rossi <laughs> hey rossi you know i am rossi i want to see this i can't wait and then the Sheik in his gut say, Jim Royce, <laughs> <laughs> and that they're going to show Sting, Licks Luger, Ricks the Steamboat, how he does the clubs. Yeah. I love Iron Sheik, by the way. So he demonstrates his clubs. We get a very minor USA chant. He always does this. Why should I care? Yeah. Like, like, it's not new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've seen but it. I do it. Like, it's so neat. <laughs> neat. So Sting's going to step up now to give it a try. He's like, all right, Rossi, hold my TV belt, Rossi. Rossi. <laughs> okay, Western Union. Sting tells Sheik, you know, well, you know what? Why don't you show me one more time? I thought oh. American TV <laughs> job is smart like the Sheik, but you idiot. I he's so, like, even here, he's just immediately mad with him that he's stupid. <laughs> he's like, you better pay attention these times. Yeah, that was my that was my favorite line of the whole thing. You, you better pay attention. <laughs> it's so silly. It is. So Sheik does it again. Very impressive. But Sting again needs him to do it another time. Yep, and now I can see what's happening here. Yep. So JR, of course, playing all this stuff. Oh, I think he needs you to do it one more time, Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Western Union. Sorry. <laughs> I really feel like he's going to say Western Union at any moment because it's just all over this show. <laughs> so Sheik calls him an idiot again and says, imagine if it was in Iran. Also, Sting's an idiot again. Right. Uh, Sheik's able to do it a third time. Which is impressive, but he's like clearly like smoked at this oh, point. Yeah, he's right? like, ah! He's like crying and like sweating and like he's like barely keeping the clubs up there. It's the whole thing. I don't know how much those weigh, but I know that's not easy. The way he's doing it is not easy, right? Yeah. That's a hard, legit hard thing to do. That's what she's... Will you stop? Sting says, all right, okay, I get it now, Rossi. And he says, you know what, Sheik, you're the best at these clubs, but I'm better at wrestling. And then he just leaves. (laughs) Sheik is so silly. I know. So JR's like, it looks like you were duped into doing it three times. That's what she's... No. And Sheik's like, you didn't have the guts, and in the Nashville, <laughs> he goes on the, on the rant as he like fades away, like it's fucking eighty four. And in Nashville, I'm gonna show you who the real champ is. Yeah, it's awesome. We go to break. We come back where Greg Evans is introduced. Yeah, he's gonna win mm-hmm. along with his partner, <laughs> Grungy George South. Queen. George South, a perennial idiot on this show. Now that's a WCW jobber I like. Their opponents. 
in the ring, also very new, I want to mention. Right. Paul E. Dangerously presents the Samoan SWAT team. Good. <laughs> very good. Samoan Fatu, for the record. The head shrinkers, if, yeah, you, the head if shrinkers. you don't know. Brand new to WCW yeah. here. Just mm-hmm. debuted. They replaced Paul Heyman's original Midnight Express. Good. And uh, they immediately clear the ring, which I love. Fatu just happily beating the shit out of Greg Evans outside. Mm-hmm. Back in, we get a chop by Samu, who's always watching. JR, meanwhile, name drops Ken Kaiser and Tim McClelland. Who? Major League Baseball umpires. Oh, God. These people? Oh, Ken Kaiser. Like I said, I don't know anything about umps in 1989. What the fuck? What did I, he said this. I'm like, who the hell is that? Like... <laughs> Ken Kaiser was the the one that weighed like 440 or whatever. He was so fucking fat. I know our fans are going to give me serious shit for like not knowing umps. No, I think they're going to give me shit for knowing umps. Now, trust me, they're going to give me serious shit for not knowing a bunch of old school I'm going to get the shit, Quinn. We'll see. I'm shitty. the way this goes. (laughs) Anyway, apparently, Quinn, the dynamic dudes are going to make their debut next week. Why? I don't want (laughs) to see that. Why is a great question yeah. about the Dynamic Dudes. Uh, we why. got this cool Samoan SWAT team. By the way, can I just say that name rules? Oh, it's Samoan than SWAT the head team. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. And also, does this is this like the connection why Paul Heyman manages like Roman Reigns and like all the yes? This is it's all connected. Oh right? yeah, no, like, that's yeah. that's why. And the the Usos and them. Uh huh. This is all the same thing. Definitely. The thing that I want to mention about this Dynamic Dudes bullshit is they hadn't made their debut yet. Right. They are already signed to face the Samoan SWAT team at WrestleWar. I see. And they beat the Samoan SWAT team at cool. WrestleWar. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we just... I don't like that. Why do they... That's, WCW is just weird. Yeah. That's yeah. a bad team. Yeah. Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace right. pretending to be skateboarders, but they don't skateboard. You know, it's so funny. Shane Douglas is a guy that had a lot of potential. And um, really... Yeah, to be what? Not like a main guy. Paul Heyman brought it out of him. In ECW, in ECW as a main guy, he works. In ECW, yes. Like, he, he works. Not neither two are the big feds, though, I don't think. I just always think if Paul could do it, then, like, it could be done. Let's put it that way. I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if WWE wanted to, they could. Honestly, if booked properly, he could be in either big promotion, like a top five guy. Yeah. Not the, like a Lex Luger. The, sometimes the, the champion. The version from around 97, 98, where he's a little bit bigger and he's more of an asshole, that would have worked so well in, like, Attitude Era WWF. Yeah. As, like, a guy that's in the... Like you said, he's in the mix for the world title. Yep. And he's just a piece of shit. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Never the main guy. Never the guy. Maybe a guy who wins the world title for a brief period of time. Like a Luger. Yeah. Absolutely Mm -hmm. agree with you there. But anyway... Fatu body slams Evans outside again after Samu threw him out of the ring. George South staggers in now, and Samu just quickly pushes him away. Dork. <laughs> Beautiful sidekick by Samu. Referee Nick Patrick again for the record. Evans is back in punch by Samu, who is always watching. Belly to back off the second rope by Samu. Tagging to Fatu, who goes up, lands a huge splash, and it's all over. Good. Good? Is yeah, right. very good. Love the head shrinkers, mm-hmm. man. And this name is better. You're right. It's Simone Swartin, so much better. Great name. Paul Heyman celebrates with his men as we get a replay. And now we go over to Jim Ross who's with Steamboat in his sweatshirt. The dragon again talks about how Ric Flair is good at intimidating people. You just said this. But mm-hmm. now that the belt is on the line, what it boils down to is what kind of a man you become and what you represent. So you don't let people fucking intimidate you. Neat. <laughs> I don't know. Like, he just doesn't seem good today. 
I know. <laughs> right on cue, though, Ric Flair struts out, and Jr. is like, "I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anyone invite you back out." And Flair's like, "When your name is Ric Flair, you don't need an invitation." <laughs> That's good. That's a good line, man. <laughs> anyway, Flair. This t- is like his show, basically. It always was for years. Yeah, like, it, like Ric Flair. Ric Flair would always do two promos on this show every week. Tony Schiavone. Yeah, you know, like that era, yeah. eighty five, eighty six. Yep, it's his show. It's fantastic. So anyway, Flair says he's never been accused of being the master of intimidation. <clears throat> Maybe on a plane or something. He's uh-huh. like, Rick, I'm Space Mountain. And he's going to be the next world heavyweight champion. He does say that he recognizes Steamboat as the single greatest athlete that he's ever competed against. It was against. pretty good, actually. I yeah. love that. Yeah, that he's, was excellent. I want the whole world to know that, right? Yeah. And then he makes it funny. He's like, I brag to you to Christy every night. Yep. I brag about you. <laughs> I don't even know which one's Christy. Doesn't matter. He doesn't either. Um, <laughs> the, the bottom line is, in Nashville, Flair's got to win the world title mm-hmm. to survive in this kind of world. The bottom line is, I've got to win the world's title to survive in my kind of world. And Simo's like, yeah, you've shown and told people about your lifestyle, but to continue, you do need that money. You do need that title. So you're going to wrestle next week. We know. They said this already. Why why is he doing exposition? I don't get it. Like I said, Steamboat is a little funky on this. I I don't know what's up. Steamboat's always like this, though. He's not a good talker. Well, I mean, what about with the Macho Man? New Horizons! The one promo. promo, It's very good. It is good. Anyway, Steamboat says, you know what? I'm going to be here next week also to show you that I'm ready. This is good. I really like the build here. I like that it's simple. That's the one thing I like about it. Yeah, and it's a a rivalry that it stands alone in 89 because Steamboat had just come back in January. But it also has a history from their prior runs together in Mid-Atlantic and other places. I think this feud works well because it has a past history, but also I think it's mostly told in the ring. I never yes. thought the promos for this are anything special. They're like, Flares I are think good. The, they're good, but I think the fans know the score here. They don't really need to say much. No, and like, I, you know what I mean? Like, you're right. They really don't. And I always like when they have the air of mutual respect. Right. And that's what this here. is. It's, again, so we've hit this point where it's like, I feel like there's not much to say. Yeah, they don't need to. Yeah. And this, by the way, folks, I'm just going to skip ahead at Wrestle War. This is where there's the three judges at ringside, and mm-hmm. one of them is Terry Funk. And Flair wins clean, wins the title back, right? And basically turns face by shaking Steamboat's hand, and then Terry Funk attacks Ric Flair. Right. So that's the transition yes. for Flair's back to a face again. Yep. And yeah. the champion again. Right. So it's this is the very tail so, end of like the I, Horseman Flair. I always thought Flair is an interesting character, only because. Um, he's just always so over with the fans, whether he's a healer face yeah. that he can actually just be a face sometimes when they, when they, when he just feels like it. Yeah. And he's a face until 90. Right. And it just, and, and it actually like, to me, it works. It it doesn't matter. Like Ric Flair's weirdly like dynamic like that. All he's got to do. It's very similar to CM Punk. Yeah. Is just play up certain aspects of his character and, and turn down others. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he's one or the other. Yep. Exactly. He's a very versatile character. Yep. And here you can see he is really not attacking Steamboat. No. He's just saying, I need to win because right. this is who I am. I mean, he's showing off a little bit. He brings a the little. girls with him and stuff. Yeah. But he's not like Steamboat, you know, yeah. you're a piece of shit. He's like, you're good. Mm-hmm. I like that. He's like, you're really good, yeah. but I need to win. I love it. I like it. Anyway, we get a break. We come back where JR is now with the U.S. champion. Lex Luger. Now, Lex has great hair. He looks awesome. Proudly wearing jeans. <laughs> yep. And he's going to be taking on ugh, Michael Hayes at Wrestle Ooh. War. 
Woof. <laughs> uh, JR calls Lex Luger the people's champion and finds it appalling that Hayes wants to win the title himself because in Chicago, he needed brass knuckles to get Lex Luger down. But Luger, who, as we've said, is always good when he's not in the WWF, he says, you know, Hayes talks big. But May 7th is the place. That's the time. Nashville, Tennessee is the place. And Michael Hayes, that's when all the talking does not do you good anymore. Anyway, Jared throws us back to Chicago, which was the Chi-Town Rumble, obviously. Right. Hayes nailed Luger with brass knucks, get a pin and a tag match. Good for him. I don't care. Didn't Jared just explain <laughs> yes. all this? Like, I'm not sure why they need to show it. Like, yeah, I believed him. I was like, I, okay, Jared, like, you don't need to like give me video proof. <laughs> right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I get it. Or don't say it the first time. Just throw right. to it. Yeah, or just be like, you got to see what happened at Ra- at, at Wrestle Chi Town thing. Wrestle Chi Town. Yeah. Yes. 89. Yeah. To the ring where Steve Casey is introduced. He looks like Ricky Medlock. Mm-hmm. His opponent from Bad Street USA, Bad Wrestler USA, Michael P.S. Hayes. So Hayes has a fucking mustard and green robe on. He generally looks good, though. All fiery. Yep. Now, I have to give Hayes credit. Again, he wrestles like shit, but man, does he look like a fucking star. He's like, out of the three things, you know, the, the Bret Hart criteria, you yeah. know, your look, your promo, and how you are in the ring. Right. Hayes has got a great fucking look. Yeah. And he's got a great fucking promo. If you've got two of the three, you're okay, usually. That's why I always thought he's like, he could be a big deal. Yep. I, I, honestly, he could, like, in the in New York or whatever. Like, he seems, like, tailor-made for it. Yeah, he's got the personality. And by he's the got time the- we got him, he was fucking Doc. King Mabel. And then by the time we got Michael Hayes, he had Jenko jeans on. <laughs> the Hardy Boys! And a cane or whatever. Horrible. Yeah. Anyway, Luger's on commentary with Jarrah for fun. He yells at Hayes. We get a bell, lock up, side, headlock by Hayes, push off by Casey, drop down, leapfrog by Casey, nice arm drag by Casey, and another one drop kick, and Hayes goes through the ropes. Luger wanders over, so Hayes gets all scared. Go back in, O'Connor roll by Casey gets two, crossbody by Casey gets one. Uh-oh. Kicking his ass here. Mild DDT chant starts up, because that's Doc's finisher here. Right. Doc. Weirdly. Doc. Yeah. Corner whip by Hayes. Reverse. Re-reverse. Forearm by Hayes. Shittily done. He throws Casey through the ropes. Comes out to land a very crappy forearm and then a chop. Back in. Irish whip by Hayes. Flying clothesline. And the DDT connects. And that's all, folks. At least it was short. And his hair is magnificent tonight, I must admit. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> that really hair is. was amazing. He had a great look, man. Great mane going great on. Great mane. Yeah. We get a replay. We go to Bright Western Union. We go back <laughs> to where Western Union is good. Our last match is in the ring. Yeah, and we have four minutes left, and this is like, it's supposed to be like two championship yes. teams fighting each other, right? Yeah, so we've got Mike Rotunda, yay, and Dr. Damn, I love my boy, taking on Rick Steiner and Eddie Gilbert. So who's what champ? I don't know. Did Jer say, does it even matter? Two tag titles is so dumb. Yeah, what is it? The WCW ones and the US ones or something? They said the world and and US. That's basically what they said. We don't need to. The US tag team belt is the dumbest thing (laughs) ever. Why does there need to be like an intercontinental tag team belt? Like, what what the fuck is that? There doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, IRS and Rick Steiner start corner whip by Rotunda. Leapfrog out by Rick in a clothesline. Woof, woof. Woof. Uh, Rick tosses out to... Rough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rick taught Dr. Death for fun. Rotunda with a single leg. He's still fundamentally sound. Then attacked the Doc. Yeah. Irish whip. Huge clothesline by Dr. Death. Off the ropes. Big elbow by Doc. Misses. Tagged to Eddie Gilbert, who's good here, by the way, because he's mm-hmm. hot stuff and he's not fucking Billy. <laughs> you know, he's not yeah. Billy. Yeah. Uh, he quickly gets fireman's carried. Pair of arm drags by Gilbert. Corner whip. Flying heads. There's a tempo. Rotunda's there to knock Gilbert down. And by the way, I just noticed that. Ha! 
have Missy Hyatt's outside. Good. I get rings on. I am like, she's growing on me the last couple stuff we watched. I like her. She's good with Eddie. She's yeah. good as a heel manager. She's excellent. It was really only any, she should be having anywhere but New York. You know what? Jonathan Vicento also suggested her. We wound up doing the Freebirds, but ha, ha, ha. She, yeah, they could have given her a shot. It's really only like it's really the only Missy Hyatt I don't like outside of WWF. Obviously, is when she's like Halloween costume guest, whatever the fuck. When she's like, "Hi, I'm the guest host with Mr. Bischoff here," or whatever. Like Halloween Havoc. Like no, but that goes. There's a couple of pay per views in a row where she's like Eric Bischoff's friend or something. Mm. (laughs) Like 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 guest hostess with him. I don't like that. She needs to be a manager. I like Missy as a manager. Yeah, I really do. Anyway, double team by the heels before Williams tosses Billy Gilbert to the floor. Missy better get that Gucci purse out. Like, because JR's there. Imagine he can say that. <laughs> the Gucci purse. Yeah. Rotunda sneaks over, lands a forearm while Doc is distracting Nick Patrick. Back in, Irish whip by Williams, alleged football tackle, which looks like pantomime. Uh, Rotunda back in, Irish whip, head down, and Gilbert makes him pay for it. Rotunda back up, corner whip, charge misses, tag to Dr. Death, tag to Steiner. Big rights by Rick. Irish whip and a forearm. And he's a house of woof. Yeah. Suddenly, JR yells my favorite sentence of the entire show. Kevin Sullivan's outside with some scissors. <laughs> I did laugh at that, too. Where's Kevin Sullivan's on the outside with some scissors? Sullivan's cutting Eddie Gilbert's hair. It was very abrupt. Yep. It was very Kevin Sullivan. Yep. To, I'm going to cut your hair. Yeah, yeah over here. <laughs> I'm going to cut your hair. I'm going to cut your fucking hair. Yeah. Anyway, he's cutting out Eddie Gilbert's hair, and then Missy Hyatt tries to stop this shit, jumps on his back. She gets, like, knocked out of her fucking shoes. I know. That's sad. I like this. It's very good. I know. So Gilbert's back up, beats Sullivan's ass, and then some hideous rock music kicks in. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? It's fucking good is what it is. It's very bold here at the end. It is because it's the road warriors hitting the scene. Yeah, remember when they were good? Yeah, anywhere but New York. Yeah, that's another one. And they beat the shit out of the heels, man. Oh, yeah, it's very heroic. I like it. Now, I'm assuming they're dubbing Iron Man, right? Yeah, I think so. That was another theme. But anyway, Rotunda stupidly runs away, which is very funny. Like, all scared. He stinks. (laughs) Of course he has to run away. It's the Road Warriors. Fundamentally sound. Yeah. Anyway, we fade away to another Western (laughs) Union plug. I can't believe they were like, by the way, if you don't know, this this fucking show is all about Western Union. It's good. That wrestling sucks ass, but Western (laughs) Union is very fucking good. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) So overall, I mean, I thought this was a pretty good hype show for Wrestle War. Right. Fun hour wrestling. And Western Union. And we, yeah. Western Union War. Yeah. JR, though, pretty boring by himself. But you know what? Everything on screen was concise. Everything made sense. Yeah. I liked it. My favorite stuff was the Flare Steamboat. That was really outstanding work. Good stuff. I liked it. Thanks, Mark Riley. Fun little look at the time period. WWF had a decent show, but you can tell it was kind of like lagging behind yeah. WWF, especially WWF 1989, right? It seemed like they had a lot of people who were trying to find what they were. You know what I mean? Especially in that last period of time where you had like Eddie Gilbert and shit. Like all these Rick people. Steiner. Rick Steiner. Like all these people that are younger and like they'll be a bigger deal in the 90s. Sting. Yeah. You know what the problem is, too? The, WC, the WWF cast-offs like Bob Orton and Iron Sheik aren't helping matters. They don't Dog. Me- merge into this, like, WCW clearly trying to... WCW in 89, like, is headlining Flair and Steamboat, but they're clearly, like, on the bottom end. They're in, like, rebuild mode. They're, like, trying oh, they to get all these guys, these guys while they're young. They want to compete with Vince, you know? Right. They're and- like, if we invest in these people now, maybe by, like, 
93 or 94, we give them like five years or something. Right. They'll be a big deal, right? Yeah. And uh, obviously, we know how some of that worked out and some, yeah. some didn't. But folks, thank you guys for being with us here. Thanks again, Mark Riley. That was a fun review. I just want to remind you guys, if you have Apple Podcasts, iTunes, it's also known as, could you, would you kindly leave us a review? We'd really appreciate that. Reminder to join the group. If you want to vote on stuff, you want to talk about old wrestling, you can do that on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. And if you want the extra OVP content, patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. Other than that, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week for 249. See ya. Show him what you want to do. Show him exactly how it's done. Mr. Jim Rice, I show him. I show Luke Sluger, Richie Stimbo, anybody. I want that idiot pay attention. Okay, show Sting right here. You know, I tell American TV champion is as smart like the Sheik Vol champion. But you are an idiot. I'll show you one more time. Show him one more time. You better pay attention this time. Well, he's not quite sure. Show him one more time. Jim Ross, can you imagine if he was Iran and Ayatollah see that idiot three times? I have to show that idiot. What an intelligent champion he is. And you pay attention. You are an idiot. This is the last time I'm going to play. You know, you didn't have a guts. No, May 7th in the Nashville, Tennessee, I'm going to show you who is the real champion. Come on,